that, whatever that is. My mic is not registering enough. Let's get that taken care of. Hello, good morning. Grant's running the board today for the first time. So, um, pardon our dust. We're going to work through it. It's part of the learning experience. You spend a summer with us. You get fruity drinks, and you learn how to run a board. We're just all out of fruity drinks, unfortunately. That's just the way that it goes. Grant, uh... Grant is uh, learning this morning. Hi, buddy. How you doing? You okay? I'm good. How about you, uh, Glenn? I'm okay. You nervous? A little bit. Okay. You got this. You can hear in your headphones what the problems might be. Like, for example, you can probably hear that your mic wasn't you. Either you weren't talking directly into the mic or your mic wasn't it's loud It's on enough. now, yep. Yeah. I, but even after that, even after you turned it on, that was the problem. You can hear what sounds good and what doesn't sound good, and you got to react accordingly and aggressively when you're running a board. You got to move quickly in order to fix the problems. We got a packed house here on a Monday edition of the program. Uh, I'm here. Griffin is here overseeing Grant before Griffin departs for uh, the rest of the week. He's going to be away. Then uh, Carson is here. He's no longer Carson Weekly because he's going to be like Carson. He's going to be basically Carson Daly pretty soon uh, because yeah. he's got to put in more hours or something like that. So I'm away next week, so that's not a good week for that. This week we figured he'd do some of that, and we'll go from there. And uh, as I mentioned, Grant is running the board. So hail, hail, the gang's all here. It's a shame we only have two cameras working, but it's what it is. We will continue to um, try to get that fixed throughout the course of the week. Coming up on the program today, we will get ready for Orioles-Dodgers' big series in Baltimore this week. The great Jerry Hairston, former Oriole, now with Sportsnet LA. He will check in with us in a bit to preview the Dodgers. Also coming up this morning, Daryl Morcell, Baltimore Zone, and former Terp. We, of course, remember he finished up elsewhere, but Daryl Morcell is going to check back in with us. He is playing for Team Shellshock in the basketball tournaments, the first ever time that there's been a University of Maryland alumni team participating in the basketball tournament. He'll tell us all about that. I don't I don't know if there's any awkwardness there because when he left and finished elsewhere, like, you know, did, did he, I, I don't know. We'll talk to Daryl Morsell about all those things. Also, Jeremy Kahn joins us this morning. We think, anyway, because the last time he just didn't. He just said, ah, sorry, have to cancel. I have bigger and better things to do. I, I did confirm with him today. So then he nearly he accidentally gave something away over the phone when we called. Oh, I meant to ask it was what like, that was. He was like, dude, you're not going to believe this. But And I was like, shut up! Shut up, you're on the air. That's the way that it goes. So uh, we're scheduled to chat with Jeremy anyway. Who knows? Maybe he big times us again. We'll see how it <laughs> plays out. All coming up on the program today. Orioles have won eight in a row. Woo! Boy! Just go ahead and play the World Series now, yeah. right? Like, let's make Orioles Dodgers. Not a Dodgers single one of them was week. ever in doubt either. Correct. No Sunday scaries at all in the ninth inning. Um, let's cover a few things. So, obviously, news-wise, the big news is Grayson Rodriguez returns the rotation tonight, as was <clears throat> expected that Grayson would, you know, be back on the team at least. And I had said I could listen to any sort of conversation about what it looks like. Um, I know it's uh, heartbreaking for our friend Stan because he is the Kohler of Intruther uh, of the group. Well, he's I, not going anywhere. I, I mean, he's going to stay on the team, yeah. correct. He's going to stay on the team. Um, but, I, you know, prioritizing Grayson Rodriguez over Cole Irvin, I, I get now to what end. 
This is the goofy part about all of this is that we know that Grayson Rodriguez is not here to start every fifth day for the rest of the season in the playoffs. That's not going to happen. He could pitch brilliantly, and that's not going to happen. He's 17 innings away from his career high. He's already surpassed what he pitched a year ago, and I'm not saying that in 17 innings, that's it, shut him down for the season, but they're not going to go again, every fifth day for the rest of the year and the playoffs, that's not going to happen. They're not answering questions about it, which leaves room for there to be concern. The thing I always will tell you I'm concerned about, and we talked about at the beginning of the year, is Grayson Rodriguez starts pitching well, and they walk into a press conference in September and announce that he's being shut down. That's terribly problematic. I would like to hope there is a thought process that addresses this before we get to that point. I'd like to hope whether it's, hey, Grayson Rodriguez is in the rotation, but we're calling it at four innings. Whatever it is, whether it's, hey, Grayson Rodriguez is going to get skipped every third time through. Whatever the thought process is, I hope they're implementing it quickly. And they have a full-on strategy for how to make sure that if he's pitching well, they're not shutting him down. Now, look, if he doesn't pitch well, not going to be a problem. Nobody's going to be worked up if they get to September and they say, we're shutting Grayson Rodriguez down. We're all going to say, okay, cool. So I don't – I feel like we're getting half of the story. And it's not their job to tell us that they're – what the plan is. It would just be nice to know that there is a plan. It would be nice to know that in their minds it is not an option that Grayson Rodriguez could just be shut down in September if he's pitching well. The first part is, does he pitch well? And we'll find that out. He's being thrown directly into the fire. I mean. Freddie Freeman. Yeah, welcome back, bro. (laughs) Welcome back. Here's the Dodgers. Good luck. Now, as I pointed out to Rita yesterday, like it's not like there's a respite coming anytime it's not like they could have said well maybe not the Dodgers will go this weekend well the Rays are this weekend right like I, then you're on the road for some big games in the coming weeks like I there isn't an obvious easy spot on the schedule for weeks if you were trying to soft launch him back into the rotation you're not going to wait until Oakland it's three weeks from now so you just got to do it, man. Like, and it, and you're gonna measure Grayson Rodriguez by, you know, not sheer numbers. You're gonna measure him, I think, in part by his confidence and does he look like a guy who trusts his stuff? And if he looks like that guy, but gives up a couple of runs, you might be okay. Let's be fair. That's that's at least Kyle Gibson right now. It's the shame of it all, is that for as excited as we are about everything else, the Kyle Gibson thing ain't working. Now, hopefully that gets fixed. But it's been bad. Bad, 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 bad. The good news is everybody else in the rotation has been pretty good. Obviously, Kyle Bradish has been exceptional. We've been talking about it for weeks. Kyle Bradish has been this team's best pitcher. And I know that the numbers, some of the numbers still say it's still uh, Tyler Wells, but between the innings thing and the home runs thing, Kyle Bradish is otherworldly at the moment. And Dean Kramer continues to be far more good than bad. 
ironic that uh, it was brought up, I think, in the Sun that tomorrow is the five-year anniversary of the Machado trade. And, you know, for as much as we pointed out, the Orioles got nothing in that trade. Dean Kramer is going to be starting against his former organization this week. And when it's all said and done, you would probably say that the Orioles specifically won that trade because the Dodgers got a couple of months of Manny Machado and the Orioles got a piece that is now proving to be something more than just a blip on the radar. It doesn't change the fact that Yusniel Diaz was crap, but, you know, can't win them all, I guess. Dean Kramer's been really good. Cal Gibson hasn't. Now, the other issue, of course, is the roster move needs to be made. Well, it's easy to say that that roster move today will probably be Edward. I always call him Eduardo Bizardo just because I want that to be his name. I mean, it can't like, be. Why no, would, one's gonna, no one's going to remember. Why, not, yeah. why wouldn't you just call – like, if your right. name was Edward Bizardo – why wouldn't you just be Eduardo Bizardo? It's perfect. It actually makes me wonder if there's any chance that his name is Eduardo Bizardo. And at some point it was like, um, you know, M- Mitch Trubisky deciding he didn't want to be Mitch Mitchell. the Bitch. Oh, so all of a sudden he was Mitchell Trubisky. Like, I wonder if in some world people were making fun of Eduardo Bizardo and they decided, okay, Eduardo well, I'm just gonna be, Bizardo. I'm just going to be Edward. Like, that eh, stinks. Just be Eduardo Bizardo, dude. Like, it's so much better. Heels. He'll probably go today because it's the easiest thing to do. The easiest thing to do is say, well, we've got Cole Irvin available. We didn't use – they were playing with it, but they didn't use Cano or Batista yesterday. So they've got a chunk of bullpen available to them tonight. That Even though you're going to have to be concerned about how deep Grayson Rodriguez works in the game – you feel like you can get your way through this one without having to do anything dramatic. If you do, you're probably going to have to do something dramatic tomorrow. Like Grayson Rodriguez might only be here for one day, and then all of a sudden he might get optioned right back because of sheer numbers problems. This is what happens when you don't want to let go of Jorge Mateo or Adam Frazier, and those guys all of a sudden feeling a bunch of pressure about whether or not they're going to be able to keep their jobs suddenly start contributing. Adam Frazier hitting all the home runs. Jorge Mateo coming up with a massive um, two-run double on Saturday. Was it a triple? Triple, yeah, it was a triple. We thought at first he was out, and then obviously he was not. He was safe. Um, That guy was uh, running around like a... Chicken with no, his head got cut off in center field the whole series, though. No, Dane. Uh, oh, yeah. Dane, Dane Myers. Myers. I, heard, yeah. I heard him call him Dan Myers, Dane Myers. Is it Dean? I think I heard someone say We got that. in that collision on Saturday night, yeah. too, in center field. Um, I, uh, I, I feel like they're doing too much. I also, look, we have to get it. If they today feel like the answer on either Mullins or Hicks is that it's going to be at least five days, they might choose to say, Sorry, that means IL. You know, remember, <clears throat> Austin Hayes was going to miss five days, at least before the All-Star break, and they wrote it out, but that was because they didn't want Austin Hayes to miss his first ever All-Star appearance. Given the pressing nature of what they're dealing with, it might very well be that if they don't think that either Hicks or Mullins is going to be available this series or until the weekend... They might say, hey, even if you can make it back before 10 days, we're going to go ahead and put you on the IL because we're playing man down right now. 
Now, you would think that if you're going to be without two outfielders for a couple of days that you would want McKenna back, and I know that everybody's going to roll their eyes at that. But they still need to get a, another pitcher on the roster in case Grayson Rodriguez, things go poorly. Th- there's a lot of moving parts here, but the presumption for me is that Bizarro is the easy thing to do, so they'll just do it because it's the least dramatic thing move that they can make. They'll choose to try to get through with the number of pitchers that would be available to them tonight. The issue is they don't have the – like they're putting Cole Irvin in the bullpen. Cole Irvin is the first guy that comes in if Grayson Rodriguez gets into trouble tonight. So after that point, there's no other emergency. If Grayson Rodriguez's trouble is in the third inning, you're going to need four innings from Cole Irvin. Tonight's the night. Maybe this is why they chose to have him start game one of the series because it might be their way of kind of waving the white flag and saying, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. We're not going to press to win this game. We'll deal with it. We'll just let Cole Irvin get beat up for four or five innings. And then we'll make a roster move as necessary tomorrow to to address that but we're just not going to lose Tuesday and Wednesday based on the results tonight. Again, the hope is that none of this is a problem, that Grayson Rodriguez looks great, that he comes out, that he delivers you five, six strong innings. You feel good about where Grayson Rodriguez is. You get maybe Bauman through an inning. Cano Batista, you're good. But if it doesn't go that way, there could be implications. There could be implications. There could be implications for what that ends up looking like. We'll see. When you've won eight in a row, you know, it's not the end of the world if you lose game one of a three-game set. Really, it's not the end of the world given the fact that you're playing a National League team. This is not a team that you're going up directly against for anything in the playoff race, any sort of tiebreaker, anything along those lines. Nothing about this series is the end of the world. But it would be a hell of a statement to make to follow up on everything that you've done by then also turning around and winning a series against one of the best teams in the National League and a legitimate World Series contender would be a hell of a statement to make to the rest of baseball about where you are. Asking a lot to try to do that, starting off with Grayson Rodriguez. They got their back end, though. We were facing their last two. Yeah, that so. is the good news with Dodgers. What it, tonight, who is it, Sheen? Yeah, Sheen yeah. and then uh, Grove well, tomorrow. He started, or, yeah, tomorrow. His first career start was a no-hitter, right? So, for six innings. Well, yeah, I was going to say, he didn't throw a no-hitter. Yeah, he was part of a no-hitter, yeah. Dodger pitchers. Just That's always. fine. It's not quite the same thing. Um, and you can definitely see if uh, it we'll probably have an answer and by it's Wednesday. it's a Rios on Wednesday, right? Yeah, it's a Rios. And that, I was going to say that is that McKenna would probably come up if there's an injury where someone has to go on the IL because it's a left-handed starter. McKenna would be oh, perfect yeah, would to be slot option, right in right, there. Right. Well, we'll see again. I see Mountcastle playing on Wednesday as well, too. Oh, he almost certainly would yeah. play on Wednesday. Uh, afternoon game on Wednesday, too. Um, but, yes, we'll, we'll see what the word is on Mullins and on Hicks throughout the course of the day. The Orioles said yesterday they thought Mullins was just day-to-day, and, you know, the Hicks was just some soreness. So none of those things sound overwhelming. But when you're, when you're playing men down – particularly when you're playing two men, it's a difficult game to play. And at some point, you might have no choice but to say, sorry, if we don't know that you're going to be back by Wednesday, it's going to have to be IL. Ten days, all good. We'll deal with it then. 
and then address it from there. Now, you're constantly delaying an ultimate decision that you might have to make. But such is life. I get why they're not in a rush to just go ahead and make that decision. I understand it, particularly not when those guys are contributing. I mean, like that's just the reality of it. Uh, my column today at PressBoxOnline.com. By the way, today's show is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Um, <clears throat> by the way, and you know what? Let me just before I get to my column, John, I, I, I love, and I understand everybody who feels this way. John from Little Rock. I'm done with all the games they're playing with Grayson Rodriguez. Just put his ass in the rotation and let him figure it out. This yanking around and babying with innings counts is BS. I I have had people that have suggested that pitch counts or innings things aren't actually helpful. You just got to let a guy go figure things out. And that there is no scientific proof about which pitchers are more likely to get hurt and which ones aren't. And there is a part of me that listens to those arguments. There's also the other part of me that says, I tell you who the guy is that you're not experimenting with. You're not experimenting with the only young pitching prospect in your entire organization. If this was Drew Rahm... Maybe I'd feel differently, right? This is Grayson Rodriguez. Grayson Rodriguez, even if we believe that Kyle Bradish is is proven, Tyler Wells is proven, we're not yet at the place where we believe that those guys have number one type of stuff. Now, at the moment, you could say in the last 30 days, Kyle Bradish has had number one type of stuff. I believe somebody was sharing that yesterday on Twitter. Might have been my uh, my friend Spencer Schultz who was sharing that, like, his stuff plus has been as good as anybody's in the American League for the last month. And maybe Kyle Bradish will feel that way by the beginning of next year. But the Orioles have to determine someone who can be top of the rotation. And Grayson Rodriguez's stuff is good enough to be that guy. Now, whether he'll be that guy or not, I'm not sure. I, they're not experimenting with Grayson Rodriguez. They're not going to do that. They're not going to say, hey, let's just see if we can do it another way than everybody else does and make it work. Let's just see if we can push him and see if it'll make it work. They're not going to do that, and I understand that, and I don't think they should. He's too important to how this all works out. So I understand the argument. I'm not telling you there's nothing to it. I just don't think it's going to happen with Grayson Rodriguez, and I don't think it should either. All right, now to my column. My column today, PressBoxOnline.com, will be about the word untouchable. It's a word that's come up a good bit over the course of the last uh, couple of weeks as it looks more and more real that the Orioles will be active at the trade deadline. That's still to be determined exactly what is out there, what they're willing to spend, the whole deal. But whether it's for relief pitching or a starter or whatever, there's a continued belief that the Orioles will be active. And if you're going to be active, you're going to have to pay a price. As much as we would all like, it's so funny. Whenever I see, there was somebody who put out a graphic, and I wish I could remember who it was. There was a graphic floating around about a hypothetical um, 
Corbin Burns trade. By the way, Corbin Burns has started to settle down. He was shoving on uh, whatever that was Friday. Yeah, like he's his numbers have steadily improved. He's starting to look like Corbin Burns a little bit more again. Um, there was a graphic that was going around last week, and I don't one of these websites that tries to get social media attention created this graphic, and I apologize for not remembering who it was. But it was a hypothetical Orioles-Brewers trade, and on one side you saw Corbin, Corbin Burns, and on the other side you saw, I think the first name was Jordan Westberg, and then it was whoever else on either side. And all the responses were like, yeah, I'd, like, I'd do that if it was Connor Norby instead. I was about to ask, was Norby on that list? I don't or? remember. I, I, I wish I could remember. It's going to drive me nuts. Corbin Burns, Orioles. Let's see if I can find this graphic. Because it was, it was flying around. I can't find it now. Of course I can't find it now. Why would I be able to? Oh, here we go. It was from FanDuel. FanDuel's perspective trade. Quote, who says no is how they captioned the graphic. Of course, we're friends with FanDuel. Orioles receive Corbin Burns. Brewers receive Jordan Westberg, D.L. Hall, Max Wagner, and Juan Nunez. The response from Orioles fans, no way, not a chance, not going to happen. But a lot of it was, well, switch out Westberg for Norby and we can talk. Because this is the way that we do trades. We don't want to do the thing that you want to do. We just want to give up the guys that we're okay with giving up. We just want to... like Westberg's here now, so we don't want to give him up. We could, we could give up Norby. We've made peace with Norby being gone. But you can't have Westberg because he's already here. That's what we do. There's no flip side thought process, which is, why, which is if you're the Brewers and you still have another year of control of Corbin Burns, why are you giving him up for a package that doesn't net you a legitimate top guy? Especially from us because no GM at this deadline wants to – because obviously everyone's saying that, you know, no one wants to trade from our top pool of guys, but no GM from another team wants, wants to, to take, go back to their front office, and they're going to say, you made a trade with the Orioles and didn't get, yep. you know, Kowser, Westberg, one of those guys? Kobe Mayo, Kerstad, that, You didn't one get guys. one of them? and like, So who did you get? So I'm not telling you that I, I want to make this trade, but I understand that the cost of getting a top pitcher with control is not just going to be the trash that you... No offense, sorry. That's unfair to say. The, the secondary parts... It's, it's totally unfair. That's nonsense. The secondary parts that you want to give. We've all made peace with Connor Norby being traded at the deadline because we all see the same thing. He's major league ready, and there's nowhere for him to play. So in a way, trading Connor Norby is solving your own problem. The problem being... We have no idea if anyone actually wants Connor Norby. Now, they might say we'd want Connor Norby for a rental. If you're the White Sox, you'd probably be very happy getting a package sent around Connor Norby for Lucas Giolito. That's a quality player that you now have control of for some time in exchange for a rental arm that, while good, is not going to help you win this year the White Sox might be able to do better than Connor Norby. I don't know. 
But it might very well be that ultimately that's as good as they can do for a rental pitcher. And so the White Sox might be inclined to say, yeah, let's do a Connor Norby deal. Now all of a sudden we come back to the same problem we had before. Well, right, but we want more than just a rental for Connor Norby. This is the eternal issue with having these conversations. We just want to be able to give up what we want to be able to give up and not want to think about the other side of it. Ultimately, if that was the price for getting Corbin Burns, if it was gun to your head, yes or no, I might say yes. I don't want to. I don't want to give up Jordan Westberg. But my point is that to me, Jordan Westberg isn't untouchable. And that's what we're factoring in on this word untouchable. This list that we're talking about of guys that are who's untouchable doesn't mean everybody else is somebody I want to get rid of. It's who are the guys that there is no practical. And let's be fair about this. When we talk about untouchable, there's always the person that's going to say, like, well, what if um, the Shohei Otani says he'll resign with you immediately? Then you wouldn't be willing to trade Jackson Holiday for Shohei Otani straight up? We're talking about within reason. Within the context of a trade that is available to be made, who's untouchable? And I spelled it out in my column that will go up today at PressBoxOnline.com. Untouchable right now for the Orioles are who? Adley, obviously. Gunner at this point is untouchable. Jackson Holiday is, of course, untouchable. There's not going to be a trade that you can make. Like, it, in some world, I was trying to think about, if we went back to last year and how Dylan Cease was pitching then and how much control he had. That's a discussion. It's still ultimately, you, like, Jackson Holiday is so special at such a young age that you probably still would say no. But there would be a world in which another, a different number one overall prospect might not be too much in payment for a legitimate top-of-the-rotation pitcher with lots of control. But, of course, one year later, you would have felt really stupid about that because Dylan Cease hasn't backed that up in any way. 1-3-4 with 418 ERA. He's been, he's been yeah. okay. Yeah. But a year ago, he looked like... A Cy Young, yeah. Yes, star of stars. Jackson Holiday is untouchable. All... Of the relevant pitchers are untouchable. Cobb Radish. Not necessarily Wells. because of them, but because of the lack of what you have. Because you can't trade Cobb Radish, Tyler Wells, probably even Dean Kramer at this point. You'd have to start thinking about it. But Unless, the truth is, if you're just getting another pitcher, are you, how much are you actually improving the team? Dean Kramer isn't untouchable to me in the offseason. He's not untouchable to me big picture. It's that at the deadline, in what you're trying to do to improve the team now, you can't better your team by swapping one pitcher for another pitcher. You need all of the pitching you have plus more pitching. Goes for the bullpen as well. Obviously, Felix Batista is untouchable. There is the world in which Anir Cano, and I, I think it was my guy, Zach Seidel from UMBC, who I hear lost a bunch of weight. Good for Zach. Love Zach. Famously the guy behind the UMBC Twitter account uh, that everybody fell in love UMBC with years athletics. ago. UMBC Athletics. Yeah, right? Yeah. 
Um, I think it was Zach and I was it was having the conversation with where he compared it to Jorge Lopez from a year ago. Like, is there a chance that Yanir Cano, what the shakiness that we continue to have seen over the last couple of months, is proof that this was kind of fool's gold with Cano, that this is the absolute most valuable he'll ever be, and you should try to swap him out to get yourself whatever you can get. And I understand the thought process. It's just that you don't have enough in the bullpen to be able to do that. Yanir Cano has been shaky AF and is still your second most reliable reliever. Still. So, no. Cano is untouchable. Coulomb is probably untouchable. Hell, honestly, Mike Bauman is still probably untouchable at the moment. But if anyone wants Keegan Aiken. Yeah, thank you. You just don't have enough. You don't have it. Like, you're trying to get more help in the bullpen, but you can't get rid of anything that's been helpful. If you want to say, hey, well, if you want to swap them out, if you were swapping out Coulomb or Bauman for something that you had more confidence in, that would be good, but you'd still only have confidence in three pitchers. You need more. You need Bauman to be your mid-inning guy instead of your leverage guy, although, my God, he was damn, you know, what a big spot for him the other night, and he came through. There have been a few times this season that he's come through in big spots. Other times, not so much. You can't use your deficiencies to improve your deficiencies. Like, you have to continue. You've got to keep that core. So all of the relevant pitchers, Grayson, obviously, is untouchable. After that, there's no pitching prospect in the system that you have so much confidence in that they couldn't be dealt. Is Grayson untouchable? Yes, Grayson is untouchable, 100%. He has to be part of the solution. You can't... For this year? For for the big picture. You don't have enough. Like, you can't mortgage your future to try to win this year. And you don't have enough pitching to move on from it. If there was some... Again, if there was a world in which... Someone wanted to give you an ace with team control. So we're talking Burns or Cease. Burns is only one year of team Burns, control. Okay. I'm talking about the Cease scenario where he was pitching like last year. Then you could have the conversation about Grayson Rodriguez for that. That guy isn't available on this market. There's no one like that. Cease is still intriguing because of the control, but he's not an ace with control at the moment. He's kind of a project with control at the moment. You're not giving up your top pitching prospect for that. That doesn't happen. Grayson Rodriguez is untouchable. Now, no one else pitching-wise in the system to me is untouchable. Drew Rahm ain't untouchable. I like Drew Rahm. Justin Armbrust. Yeah. Seth Johnson. Chase McDermott. All those guys. Like I, I like them, and I'm not in a rush, and I don't think they will be dealt. But if that's what it takes to get something that's helpful, you do it because none of them are guys that you feel so strongly about that you could, couldn't survive without them. The rest of the group, I'm not sure. Of the Major League veterans, who cares? Except for three guys. Hayes, Santander, Mullins. Of the three, Mullins is the most untouchable to me. He presents something that you can't replace for at least a few years. Range. Maybe Enrique Bradfield will ultimately prove to be the guy that can replace that, but you're years away from Enrique Bradfield. 
you don't have that range. Austin Hayes can play an okay center field. Aaron Hicks can play an okay center field. That range can't be replaced by anyone within your system. So because of that, to me, Mullen's untouchable. I agree. Santander, close to untouchable because Kerstad and Mayo simply aren't ready. So he's pretty close to untouchable. You can't, you can't trade away the one threatening power bat that you have in a lineup without getting another threat. Like You'd have to be trading him one for one for another threatening power bat. The only reason why I didn't immediately say it is we still do have to have the conversation at some point that Santander only has one more year of team control, and we have no knowledge of what the Orioles' plans are. And you do wander into that territory of they're not really just going to allow Santander to become a free agent next year without signing him, right? They're not really going to do that. So there's a complicated conversation there. But for the moment, Santander is untouchable. He's far too important to this team, and you can't make it up for make up for it anyway. He's Adley's only protection, really. Correct. They might be trying to just figure things out because Santander this season has kind of been like this, you know. Well, there's, there's no, it was more like there's been some downs. Well, sure. the downs started there, but then, then it's been skyrocket well, and staying there. Like sure, but there was I'm, a down to start the season, unquestionably. But since that down, he's been at, understandably. But the down was if like, not the for, down was about five weeks. Though. I mean, I didn't think he'd be getting his average near two seventy five. I mean, it's not. Yeah. Here, and here we like, are. Like with, exactly. with, the down was bad. But the high, everything since the down he's has been, if not for Felix Batista, he's team MVP. Yeah. He's their best yeah. player. Like, yeah. He's been the team's best player of their position players since mid-May. He's slugging sure. 503. Yeah, it's bonkers. I mean, Anthony Santander has been insane. They desperately have to have Anthony Santander. And from two sides of the plate, too. Right. Ryan O'Hearn can't make up for Anthony Santander. No. We don't believe Ryan Mountcastle can make up for Anthony Santander. Too important. Untouchable. Austin Hayes? If, as long as he keeps it up, it's I'm really not, hard to... I'm, I, this, but it's not untouchable. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was it's thinking... Not untu- it's not in a rush. It's not just trade him for the sake of trading him. It's if the right trade was in front of you that gave you something significant and specifically what they wanted was Austin Hayes... I can't just say no because there is a world where you believe you might be able to make up for Austin Hayes, as good as he's been. But again, I'm not saying I want to trade him. I'm just not quite going to untouchable with Austin Hayes. And yes, part of it is the thing that we always talk about, which is there's that small part of us that remembers what happened in the second half of last season, and we just want to make sure that you know that's not part of his story. So until that, I can't use the word untouchable. And then there are the rest of the prospects. And here are the list of those guys that I believe are on the untouchables. What? No one? Which, again, isn't to say that I'm in a rush to trade off Heston Kerstad and Kobe Mayo what about and Jordan Westberg and Colton Cow or Sam Basayo or Basayo. Any, anyone else. The point is, if you're going to get something of significance, i.e. Corbin Burns... You're not just going to get it at the price you want. This idea that all you have to give up is Connor Norby, Joey Ortiz, Dylan Beavers, Kyle Stowers, and you're going to be able to pry away a legitimate 
top of the rotation pitcher with another year of control is nonsense. It's absurd. You're going to have to kind of wow the Brewers, too, because they're in a division race right yeah, now. They don't have and to do also, this. And if they don't like the offers they get to the deadline, they'll say, okay, Correct. Well, we're in a division race, and next year we'll just we'll reconsider we'll it deal them then. In the offseason, we'll reconsider yeah. it next time. They don't have to do this. So if it requires doing one of those things, again, I don't want to trade all of them, but if that's what it takes, that's the price of doing business. I'll send a tweet out. Glenn, Glenn wants to... Trade, yes, thank you. That's, uh, Sam yeah, please do that. Please, please do that. That would be great for <laughs> for this. The column be up today at pressboxonline.com. Untouchable. Untouchable. Not those guys. Which isn't that I want to trade them or that I would just trade them away for a rental. Let's make that abundantly clear. I'm not saying I'd give up Jordan Westberg to get Lucas Giolito. That's too much. But for a quality pitcher with control. You're probably going to have to deal from that group. And the price of one of them is probably a price that I would be have to be willing to pay. We'll switch gears when we come back in. Um, Daryl Morcell, Baltimore native. He's playing for the Maryland team, Team Shellshock, in the basketball tournament this summer. We're going to talk about that next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. Weekend starts on the 21st with our Bowie Pit Beef Night. Come on out and grab a bite. Back-to-back fireworks carry on to Saturday with the Island Luau, a free Bay Sox Hawaiian shirt to the first 750 fans. And it closes on Sunday with Heroes Day. Bay Sox jerseys auctioned off to support local charities. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox, let us be your nine-inning vacation. The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. Soak up summertime fun in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouth-watering eats, and endless entertainment. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards. Pick crabs by the waterfront. Beat the heat inside a world-class museum and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. I'm Michael Jan Grandy, president of A.J. Michaels, your carrier energy expert for 44 years. Save money, energy, and make your home more comfortable and virus-free. Find us at A.J. Michaels. That's AJMichaels.com. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Dave Ginsburg remembers Goose as he looks back on the impact that late Tony Saragusa had both on and off the field here in Baltimore. Plus, he explains how Goose's kids are working to continue that legacy with the Goose Flights program. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles the path Tyler Wells has taken to becoming a star in the Orioles rotation. And you'll find a special summer travel guide with information about events and activities throughout the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. 
At first bite, mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressbox online. And you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grinder. Wait, did I say Grinder? I don't think that you would find it on Grinder. Not that I know what's on Grinder or anything, I swear. Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. And go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers right now and get $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after you place your first $5 bet. See this and other great sportsbook offers at PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Basketball tournament. I fell in love with this event a couple years ago because of the Elam ending, which, of course, uh, later came to the NBA All-Star game. I was so intrigued by it uh, during the pandemic that I was glued and I was watching it. And I kept thinking to myself, like, why isn't there a Maryland team participating in this event? Well, now there is. This year, Team Shellshock is going to be part of the basketball tournament, which, of course, you see all over uh, the ESPN networks during the course of the summer. And this is really cool because a guy that we've known for a long time around here, uh, Baltimore's own, the pride of Mount St. Joe, Daryl Morsell is going to be part of Team Shellshock, and he is with us this morning here on GCR. Daryl, it's Glenn back in Baltimore. It's great to catch up with you, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. For sure, for sure. Amen. Glad to be on here. Yeah, it's great to chat with you again. It's been a little bit too long. How's how like Just get us caught up, right? It's been a couple of years. How have things been going? I know that you have been working your butt off uh, in the G League and trying to make things happen. Uh, how have things been going for you? Uh, things been going well. Um, you know, <laughs> this basketball thing, a journey for sure. Right. I was doing a lot of traveling, seeing a lot of places. Um, this past year I played with uh, Raptors, Toronto Raptors G League, Raptors 905. So did a little bit of living in Canada this past year. Um <laughs> Literally, I just landed. Um, I played in summer league with him literally this past week too. I just landed at BWI a couple of hours ago. So. so wait, are you so are you home? Are you guys gonna get like time to play together before you get out to start playing games, or are you all just gonna get there and like kind of grind together then? No, no, no. We practicing this week. Okay. We definitely gonna get some practicing this week. Um, the other guys have already been practicing. Um, I wasn't able to be there because I had to do right. some league and loss. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, we I will be at practice Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, and I think Friday this week. So we'll definitely have to practice. Daryl, I feel like every time I've talked to, I'm going to throw out a couple names. The guys like Haywood Highsmith, right? Like Baltimore guys that have had to go through the grind. I always feel like they tell me that they feel like they're more uniquely prepared for it. And I wonder if, if it's something that you felt as you've gone through this, like the G League, the Summer League, doing all these things. 
that as a kid from here that maybe didn't get quite the same attention as Philly kids, New York kids, D.C. kids did, that you are uniquely prepared for the grind and having to work a little bit harder than the average pro has to in order to get your opportunity. Yeah. Um, kind of like I said earlier, all this, this is a process. Um, you know, everybody journey, everybody right, not the same. Um, but, but yeah, being from Baltimore, you feel like you've been an underdog and overlooked your whole life. So mm-hmm. it's, it's only, it's just, like I said, it's part of the process. You just keep grinding, you know, keep putting, putting the work in, doing the right things. Um, and just believing, believing and trusting your work because those that are eventually showing on the court. So yeah, I mean, look, dude, we know, we've all seen it. We know, man. You know, we know exactly what you're capable of, and uh, we're hoping the best. This thing, I think, is incredibly cool. Um, tell me how this came about, right? Like, tell me, I I don't know if you got a call early on in the process, who reached out. But what made you say to yourself, yeah, I, I want to do this. I want to be a part of this thing as they launch the first ever Maryland team to play in the basketball tournament. Yeah, so I'm kind of a, a basketball junkie. Um, <laughs> my family, my friends always get on me. They always say, like, only thing on my social media is, is basketball. Um, when I'm in the house chilling, I just like to watch basketball. So I've seen the TBT um, for years. Um, so it's always been something that intrigued me. And, you know, just seeing a lot of the talent that was in there, um, like people I used to watch growing up and respect, um, it was a tournament I definitely, you know, respected and, and knew it was great basketball in it. Um, so I forget, I, I, I want to say it was either one of my, my teammates or our coach, me um, and my arm, uh, who hit me up. It was like, uh, Maryland having the TBT team this summer, and like kind of like you know me, they know me too. They knew I wasn't going to say no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was playing basketball. Um, I told them, hey, if I'm free, it ain't, and uh, like I'm not doing anything. I don't have nothing on my schedule. I'll definitely be a part of it. So you know, we kind of figured out the dates, worked some things out, um, and I'm just glad, glad to be. be able to participate in TBT and you know, represent my hometown. So would, would you be playing in another, like, is this your way of saying if you weren't doing this, you'd just be playing in some other summer league, you know, like the Mellow League, the Goodman League, one of those, like, you'd be doing that anyway during the course of the summer, so why not play in the basketball tournament? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Why not? Why not go back, you know, play with some of the Maryland guys I used to watch, used to play with, um, and, and get a little money and try to get No try doubt, to get right? Better doing it so yeah for sure so daryl morcel is with us here on gcr daryl is there a part of this that's like i i I don't know if poetic is the word for you something like that obviously everybody knows that you decided to to finish up uh, elsewhere and that's the way basketball works now is there something kind of cool for you about being able to come back it's not putting a maryland jersey on again but about the closest thing you can do to putting on a Maryland jersey again. Is there something about that that's kind of cool for you? For sure. Uh, you know, being from Baltimore, watching Maryland growing up, um, you know, like like I said, getting this opportunity to represent my hometown, um, university, uh, playing with guys that I used to watch growing up that went to Maryland. Um, it's definitely special to me. Um, it's 
not the only TBT team that reached out to me to see if I was willing to play. So I definitely wanted to be a part of the Shell Shock team. Um, and hopefully we could just, you know, keep building on this for years to come. Make this an annual tradition, right? Like make Shell Shock one of the powers in this tournament the way that a few other programs have been. Hey, have you found yourself like reaching out to other dudes and saying like, "Hey, yo, we could use, we could use you too, right? Like we could use." I know there's a few other guys. Like I think Jake was going to try to be part of it, but you know he's he's got other things to do. Like, did you find yourself, you know, doing some of your own campaigning to get guys to come back and play for the team? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, you know, I like to win. So <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna try to get as many people as I can. Um, as much talent as I can to give us a chance to win. So I definitely was doing some recruiting. I'm I'm desperate. Like, there's no chance that you, like, at least called Jalen and said, hey, what are the rules? Like, are you allowed to do something like this? Did you even attempt to make that call? Hey, I I, I did my recruiting with Jalen. I'm done. I got him in got <laughs> that's all that's all you could do at that point. Yeah, it's worked out okay yeah. for him. He's done all right for himself. For sure. For sure. Um, <laughs> um, is there somebody – okay, so this year, you know, let's talk about the team, right? DeMonte Dodd, I think everybody knows, the Maryland legend that's part of it. Um, uh, guys like Rashad Pack, Robert Carter, Roddy Peters are all part of the team. Is there someone in particular that you're most excited to play with of this group of guys that maybe you've never played with before? So all those guys you just named, I never played with. I want to say Rashad – Graduated probably like two or three years before I came. Mm-hmm. Um, Demonte was probably the closest. Uh, he graduated like we like he graduated as I was coming in. Um, so all four of those guys I'm excited to play with. Um, love all their games. Uh, I like like I, I, like I said, being in Baltimore, I, I kind of watched them while I was in high school. You know, they was the hometown hometown school so i've seen a lot of them playing throughout their years at Maryland. so i'm definitely excited to get a chance we uh, also got another another local guard chris light yeah chris likes who played in miami right exactly right my boy yes it's my one of my one of my friends so i'm definitely excited to get back on the court with him that's well, that's so. cool he's a dc kid uh that'll be a really cool combination the basketball tournament is is unique right you mentioned like you're playing for this you know, pride concept, right? The Maryland alumni, but you're also playing for like real tangible money. Like the results matter as you play for this. How much more intense do you feel like that makes the basketball tournament? Like knowing there's like legit, I I can see the dollar figure that you're playing. A hundred thousand dollars is real money, bro. <laughs> like that you can't mess with that. Yeah. So actually, the winner gets a million dollars. Shoo! And it's yeah. And you- you split it up. You split it up, games. right. So that number for you would be $100,000, right? It's... Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm just we'll, – we'll, we'll worry about the mathematical <laughs> part. So as you get closer, closer, closer <laughs> to, you know, winning it. But, you know, right now I'm kind of just focused on winning. But uh, I feel like this 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 tournament got kind of like a, a March Madness NCAA tournament feel because it's, it's win or go home. Um so it's not like, you know, regular season NBA games, not like really anything else, any other basketball. Um, so I think that's why it's such high-level basketball being played. And, you know, 
I'm I'm excited. I love these type of events. I love competing. I love playing basketball, so I'm definitely excited to get out there. You so can, like you said, it's worth some money, man. Yeah, right. You guys can follow along with Team Shellshock. They've got a Twitter account at TBD Terps at TBT. Sorry, at TBT the basketball tournament at TBT Terps. You can follow along with their progress and support them uh, as they go out to play in the basketball tournament. Uh, the Elam ending, dude, to me, was the type of thing that when I first heard about it, I was like, this is a gimmick, this is stupid. And then I watched it, and I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like, this creates excitement and drama in every game. And, like, you know you've been through a lot of games where there was absolutely no excitement late in the game and no drama, anything like that. Um, I, I don't know if you've ever played anywhere where they've done something like this before. Is, is is the concept of the Elam ending cool to you, and is it something that you'd like to see maybe a little bit more in basketball? Uh, for sure. So this past year in the G League, they do. Well, I, I literally just came from Summer League. We played an overtime today, and I had an Elam ending. Oh, um, I didn't know they did that there. Okay. Yeah, so the NBA, NBA is kind of like implementing it, um, trying to do like some test trials, going to see how it is. But I love it, though. I feel like it adds another, you know, component of, you know, thinking the game of basketball. Um, and like you said, it, it make it make it a lot a lot more interesting at the end. You know, score ninety five, ninety four, game the ninety eight, team with ninety five got the ball, do you want to shoot a three? Right. Get a late defense. Like it adds a whole nother component of, of basketball and thinking thinking the game. So I, I enjoy it. It's definitely fun. Yeah, I mean, look, I think everybody's just so used to there being the existence of a clock. Like, we're also, like, used to being in the backyard or being in our, our driveway and counting down three, two, one, hoisting a buzzer. Yeah, by the way, a man that knows a thing or two about a buzzer beater, we all remember the Minnesota game. You know a thing or two about that. Um, but, like, I, dude, I don't know. It's just something about, like, the fact that you have to keep trying, that you have to keep pushing to get to that number. I think it's dope. Um, Daryl, I guess the the question that Maryland fans would would want to know, right? Like, it, it, it's what's your relationship like with Maryland at this point? Like, I I feel like you're the type of guy you mentioned. You're from here. You grew up rooting for this place. You wanted to be a part of it. You recruited Jalen to get here. Um, are are you the guy that's rooting for Maryland night in night out? Is everything cool? Like, are you? Do you want to see more Baltimore kids come to Maryland? What's what's that relationship like between you and the school at this point? Uh, everybody always asks me this and all this. Uh, but, like, I love Maryland. Um, you know, I went to a couple games this past year. Um, I have a relationship with Coach Willard. I know him. Um, I've actually been, since I've been home this summer, I've been up to College Park, you know, to see some of the guys. That's awesome. Um, to play a little bit. Um, and, you know, they still got that Baltimore. They still got that Baltimore connection up there with uh, Julian Reese and yep. now we have a pressure, uh, John Lamarck up there so we we I'm definitely trying to still help the program you know I talk to Julian all the time um but yeah I'm I'm big Maryland guy big Maryland fan I'll definitely be back through to some games this year again so we love hearing that you, you, you haven't put in like a good word with Derek Queen yet have you, you haven't maybe made a phone call like Hey, you know, this has worked out yeah. for some other Maryland big or some other Baltimore big men over the years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, we're gonna take, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna move slow with that one, but yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to give my pitch. 
Coach Willard just got to give me the word. I'm ready to get my pitch. That's cool. How'd that, like, did you have that relationship with, with uh, Coach Willard beforehand? Had he tried to get you to Seton Hall at one point? Was that something that you had already established with him? Uh, so at Merlin, we had played Seton Hall. Right, yep. Back back. And then when I went to Marquette, he was at Seton Hall. We were in the same conference, so okay. we played each other. Time, so. that's cool man that's cool that's, and that's a cool i think it says something about him that like he's prioritized like reaching out right like that's a, that's a, a you know for a, for you not being his guy necessarily is, is there something right. about that that means something to you Nah, for sure coach willard looks out for all the uh older guys all the people that you know went to Maryland before he, he's actually kind of been a part of this tbt thing kind of helping us wow. um, he's he's big on you know, just having alumni come back and, you know, get back to the younger kids. So that was probably the first thing he did when he got there, this, like, last year. Um, I want to say he got there, like, last summer. Within a week or two of him having the job, <laughs> there's nothing i ever seen, though. But, like, within a week or two of him having the job, he had the, a lot of the alumni. So I'll say Bruno, Anthony Cowan. Wow. Um, like Byron Newton, it was probably like 20, 30 of us. We all had a dinner with the guys that was on the current team. Like it went, we had an outing. Once say we went bowling, had dinner, something like that. But just within one or two weeks of him having that job, that was his goal to kind of build that, that chemistry and that bond between the younger guys and the older guys. So Dude. I love that. That that makes I think every Maryland fan that makes them feel warm and fuzzy when you hear you say something like that. That's exactly what you want in the program and winning, which they did a pretty good job of in year one. And we're looking forward to seeing what's next after that. We're looking forward to seeing what's uh, the winning that Team Shellshock is going to do in the basketball tournament this summer. Uh, just a little bit more than a week away from getting things underway. Uh, Daryl, let's get caught up with you. I know it's at four ten d underscore on Twitter. What about Instagram and whatever else can we plug for you at this point? Uh, that's really it. I'm not too big on social media. Um, but yeah, my Instagram is uh, my tw- I mean, my Twitter is four one o d underscore, and then my Instagram is my name Daryl M, and then an underscore. So that's really it. I don't I don't really do the TikTok, Snapchat, all that other it's stuff. Is a lot. Is a lot, man. <laughs> it's a lot. I'm trying to grow up a little bit, so I'm trying to get. <laughs> Bro, you got you got enough on your plate. You like you got to worry about trying to grind your way into the league. Like I understand that's got to be priority number one for you, um, Daryl. Can't wait to see you guys this summer. Obviously, can't wait to see what's next for you. Have always appreciated our conversations over the years, man. Still, uh, that cover that uh, Press Box did with you and Jalen, one of my favorite covers that we've ever done, and um, awesome to see you continue to grind and kick ass and represent our city, bro. Thank you for taking the time for us. Best of luck this summer. Let's catch up again real soon, all right? My guy, anytime. You know it, anytime. Please I appreciate you, man. Daryl Morcel with us here on GCR. Great dude. Um, nice player. Of course, I, I mentioned everyone remembers that uh, game winner against Minnesota on the road. Uh, it was an amazing moment. And I remember the hug that he and Bino shared afterwards. That was a really special Baltimore moment. Um, and this will be cool. Look, I, I, it was, the basketball tournament was totally off the radar for me until the pandemic. And then it was one of the first like sports that came back, and I had made fun of the Elam ending. I was like, "This is so stupid." So if you don't know the Elam ending, like from the last time out, and I don't remember the number, I think it's they add seven. What is it? Seven points or nine points? There's it's, 
or is it 15 or something? It's like once you hit like the, the five final minute mark. The five minute mark. Okay. The, yeah. I thought it was whatever the final media timeout like is. 15 or 16 They take the, the leading, leading score team, team the, the leading team score, and they add 15 points, then it's 15 points, 13, whatever the number is to it, and they say this is the number. And the first team to reach this number wins, no matter how long it takes to get to that point. So if you're ahead by 20 points, then the other team's got to score 33 before you score 13. Okay, so it's only eight points. It's eight, eight points. points. Okay, yeah. eight. I, thought, I, mean, I don't other, know why I thought it was The other team's got to score 28 before you score Correct. eight. Mm-hmm. If you're ahead by so two points, yeah. then the other, the other team only has to score 10 before you score eight. But it's, you know, if the score, so if the score is 80 to 78, the, yes. t- the target score is 88. 88, yeah. correct. And it's whoever gets to 88 first. And it's awesome. And by the way, it was the thing that made me reconsider the extra inning. Like I wrote a whole column about this. I hated the idea of the extra inning runner on second. I thought it was a gimmick and stupid. But then I had said the same thing about the Elam ending and then watched it and was like, oh my God, this is great. And I wrote a whole column saying, I know I've been making fun of the second runner on second and then extra innings, but like maybe we should give it a chance. And as it turns out, it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to baseball. It's perfection. And that's how I felt about the Elam ending. Like I'd be in favor. I think we just so associate basketball with a clock and buzzer beaters, and we're afraid of getting rid of a buzzer beater because buzzer beater has always been the thing we knew that was the magical moment the basketball could present us we eternally remember everyone who ever hits a buzzer beater in the ncaa tournament maryland should have never needed a buzzer beater to beat unc wilmington 20 years ago it was unc wilmington and yet drew nicholas is eternally a hero because he hit a buzzer beater well the elam ending takes away the buzzer so you would say you'd be getting rid of the most exciting play in baseball. Except, or basketball, sorry. But the flip side is, everything becomes a buzzer beater. Every game gets a winning shot. It's great. It's great. So that got me into the basketball tournament. And now that there's a Maryland team in, I'm compelled. And it's not, like, loaded with, superstars from the Maryland era. Mar- Daryl Morcell is probably the most prominent player that's participating on uh, Team Shellshock. You'd like to see in future years there be more prominent Maryland alumni. Like I know that they were trying to get Melo Trimble involved this year, but I don't remember exactly what the story was that it fell apart and he couldn't um, be a part of it. Guys have other things going on. They're, you know, they're playing other places. They got injuries, things like that. Not everybody can do it. You'd love to see this thing grow. Um, because it's a cool event. It's a cool event, and um, be neat to follow them as the basketball tournament gets underway. All right, hour number one of the program is in the books. On to hour number two of the show, and on to a big baseball series in Baltimore tonight. Orioles-Dodgers for three games starting tonight in Baltimore. Whenever the Orioles face the Dodgers, it always gives us an excuse to catch up with one of our favorites. He is a former Oriole. He is with Sportsnet LA, and by the way, he just launched a new podcast and really slummed it with his first guest. All he could manage to get was Barry Bonds. <laughs> Pathetic, lame. We've got Jerry Hairston. That's so much better. Jerry Hairston Jr., and he's with us now here on GCR. Jerry, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's always good to catch up, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. Anytime, Glenn. How you doing? I'm good, buddy. Uh, yeah, not a bad way to launch a podcast, bro. 
Yeah, I mean, we wanted to make sure that we had interesting guests. And me and my boy, yeah. Stephen Bishop, who's an actor, also a former professional baseball player, was at a was with the Orioles uh, minor leagues uh, system a uh, long time ago. Okay. Uh, but we wanted to make sure that uh, we had interesting guests. And Barry Bonds is a good friend of ours. And I'm glad that Barry decided to do it. And I'm glad that he was very um, open uh, about a variety of topics, uh, not just about the Hall of Fame. He was incredible, uh, very forthright, uh, an interesting uh, hour uh, of talk with Barry Bonds, not just about the Hall of Fame, but about hitting this generation, past generation, what Tony Gwynn meant to his career as a hitter. Uh, he was very fascinating. So the new swinging, or the Hollywood swing in our new podcast is, is out, and uh, hopefully uh, fans continue to, to listen. And we got a, an interesting second guest that's going to launch today, actually. Uh, and I think fans are going to really appreciate it. it. It's from the football world. And he's always up to date. Well, on, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I just saw it. It's it's Adam Schefter, right? Adam Schefter, yeah, not right. bad. Not a bad start to launch on a podcast. It's uh, a Hollywood swinging the Believe Network. Barry Bonds, Adam Schefter. That's a pretty good one too uh, for <laughs> guests to start a podcast. Not bad at all, man. Uh, speaking of a pretty good one too, a uh, pretty good matchup for three games in Baltimore tonight. Um, Jerry, I, I get, before we get into the Dodgers, just from afar, what you've seen of these Orioles and how this thing has happened for them and what they've built, um, how impressed have you been? How much are you a believer that this team is legit and real and it's not just a fun story anymore, but a team that maybe has a real chance of doing something serious this season? Yeah, and that's a great point. Uh, not only are they legit, they have staying power. Uh, this is not a one-year thing. This is the thing they're starting to build that they can make a serious run the next five, six, eight, ten years, especially with the draft picks they had recently uh, with their pitching. Their bullpen right now is arguably the best bullpen in all of baseball. Uh, they're, they're energetic. They're fun. They know how to play the game. They're managed extremely well. Uh, so they are – in my mind, top three team in all of baseball. And the Dodgers understand going into Baltimore, uh, this is not the Baltimore Orioles of, you know, three or four years ago. This is a team that's serious contender to not only compete to, you know, for a playoff spot, but a serious World Series contender. It's so wild to hear you say those words. Like, just saying those words gets me all tingly inside. I mean, they do, they do everything. I mean, you look at their team. I mean, they do everything well. Uh, and they believe in each other. That catcher you guys have, are you Yeah, Adley Rutschman's, me? yep, he's legit. He is an absolute stud. He's a, the, the type of guy you want uh, to lead a franchise. You know, uh, what he did in the, in the home run derby, I'm so glad fans got a chance to see him on that big stage. Oh, by the way, I'm launching balls, you know, from the left side. You know, I'm going to switch over to the right yeah. side and start launching as well. What a show. I mean, that was just so great for, for, for Oriole fans, but really the game of baseball. It was good for him and his father. Incredible moment. There's so many good young players in the game today, and Baltimore Orioles have one of the best. And they have a couple. Uh, let's On the other side is the Dodgers, Jerry, and they've got a few decent – you know, yes, we're excited here, but there's Mookie Betts and there's J.D. Martinez and there's Freddie Freeman and – like, there's plenty over there. I, I know at the beginning maybe there was a little bit of a, a, a tough stretch, but, you know, don't look now. The Dodgers seem to me to be looking like they're the Dodgers again. I think this has been manager Dave Roberts' best job as manager. 
Okay. They have been crushed with injuries. Uh, we just got Julio Arias back. He's been out for a while. Tony Gonson was out. We know Clayton Kershaw, you know, he's out now on the IL. We've had to plug and place uh, different guys in the starting rotation. We have a rookie going for us tonight, uh, Emma Sheehan, who really has been outstanding. We called him up from double A. Really, we would have loved to have had him another year, year and a half in the minor leagues, but because of all the injuries, he was rushed to the big leagues. Bobby Miller, same thing. Uh, he pitched last night. So we've had to have our young guys really help us out in the, in the starting pitching department and offensively. They've done an incredible job. Our one through four guys, starting with Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Will Smith, J.D. Martinez, I'll put up our one through four against any one through four in the big leagues. They have really carried this offensive load, and, and they've been fun to watch. So we're chatting with Jerry Hairston here on GCR, ahead of Orioles-Dodgers. You mentioned that you know, we're going to see Sheehan tonight, Grove tomorrow. They're the two guys that we're probably not very familiar with here in Baltimore. You talk about Sheehan. What is it that we're going to see? The Orioles are throwing their young pitcher tonight, Grayson Rodriguez. What is Emmett Sheehan bringing to the table tonight? Well, Sheehan has a really good fastball uh, up in the zone. It, it kind of gets on you a little bit. Uh, kind of a short arm type of thrower. Uh, he'll throw 94 to 96 miles an hour. But it, the way their hitters react, it kind of reacts like it's 97, 98 up in the zone. Uh, really good changeup. Uh, it's come a long way the last year or so. And that breaking ball is still developing now. He can have a breaking ball tonight and, and be his best pitch. Again, he's still a young pitcher. He's still finding himself. And he's learning on the fly, which is, which is really cool to see. You know, you want to see young guys giving them an opportunity, see what they can do against uh, big league teams. But especially a, a lineup like the Orioles have in Baltimore, it's going to be a really good test for him. What about tomorrow, Michael Grove? What do we need to know about him? Uh, Michael Grove is a guy who's a little older, a little bit more advanced. Uh, he's a guy who's got plus stuff. Uh, sometimes he has an inning where it just isn't there. I think that's still the, the development stage of a young pitcher. He's got a really good fastball, a uh, really good 12-6 uh, curveball. Uh, he needs both those pitches, spotting both those pitches to be effective. Again, when you have two young guys with good stuff, uh, they're still learning how to navigate through a lineup. Uh, but, again, these guys have really good makeup, uh, really have exceeded our expectations up until this point, and hopefully they continue to pitch well. He is Jerry Harrison. We're chatting with him here on GCR. Jerry, obviously the Dodgers, you know, they're, they're the Dodgers. We're going to assume that they're going to want to make moves and add to what they're doing. I know the Otani thing is sort of lingering. What's your gut tell you about how active the Dodgers are going to be and the like? what they're willing to go and do as they try to fortify another World Series run? One thing that you can always bet is this, this Dodger franchise organization has always been aggressive at the, at the trade deadline, always been aggressive uh, in the offseason to better their ball club. They're going to be aggressive. If they're a, a player or two or three that's out there that they feel they can, that can help their ball club not only get to the World Series but, but win it, they're going to try to make those moves. Now, on the flip side, other teams have to be willing to trade their, those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, now with the wild card, the expanded wild card, there are a lot of teams that feel that they're in it. So it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. You know, the Otani situation, you know, they have a tough decision to make there at Anaheim. Do they stick with him? Maybe they make another run at a wild card spot 
I know the last couple of weeks they haven't played great baseball because their injuries have really caught up to them. Losing Mike Trout obviously is huge. Uh, but if Otani is made available, I have a feeling not just the Dodgers, but a, a lot of teams are going to be very aggressive uh, trying to get Otani to, to bolster not only their team this year, they're going to try to resign him for years to come. Well, I think that's the interesting part, right? Because I think a lot's been made that Otani likes it out there. That's why I feel like the Dodgers are such a compelling like conversation if Otani's available. Do you feel like that? I mean, the Angels are even for a rental are going to be asking for a haul. Do you feel like the Dodgers would be willing to do that? I, I think they would because if you really think about it, you're getting you look two at players. It, yeah, you're getting two players. Obviously, stud pitcher, stud hitter. But what you do is you get a guy and you bring him in the mix, kind of like what they did Mookie Betts. They traded for Mookie Betts, and they wanted him to see this Dodger organization, what it's like to play every day at Dodger Stadium. What's it like to be in the clubhouse with guys like Clayton Kershaw, great leaders. And Mookie was, just loved it here. So I think that's, that would be the ideal scenario. Get him in the mix, get him in the fold, get him around Mookie Betts, get him around Freddie Freeman, because we know everybody – who plays with the Dodgers, seems to love it, loves the organization. So that would be ideal. But, again, you never know what the Angels are going to be off or asking for him. And, you know, listen, I, I, the Angels here are in the L.A. area. The Giants are the Dodgers' rivals. The Padres are the Dodgers' rivals. Right. The Angels aren't our rivals. Right. Okay? So you can trade him to the Dodgers. Yeah. And we want to – I have friends with the Angels. I'm friends with Phil Nevin. I'm friends with, with a couple of guys on, the, on their coaching staff. I'm friends with the GM, Perry Menashe, who I think has done a good job. It's just the injuries that have just crushed them. I want them to see, see them succeed. And if you're the Angels and you see Shohei Otani on a different ball club next year, you're going to really kick yourself saying, man, we could have got three, four, five, six different stud prospects for him. We missed the opportunity. So, again, I know they're in a tough spot, but if you don't think you can sign him, Man, you you got to get as much as you can for him. Let me let me. I want to phrase this question the right way, Jerry. Uh, how much uh, is the franchise driven by? I, it's it's in when somebody says, "Hey, the 2020 World Series wasn't real." That's nonsense, right? Like it was the World Series. They won it. The flip side is, well, I have a world. I, I was very fortunate to get a World Series rig and have it. It's real, right? You've got it's it. real. It's, the flips. It, it, it's real. Yes, it, it was a shortened season. Right. It was. It's not. It wasn't like the bubble, like the NBA, where there are no fans there. The players played in front of fans. Yep. It, now it was in Texas, but they were in front of fans. Tons of Dodger fans were out there. Rays fans were out there. Baseball fans were out there. Wanted to see a World Series, so they played in front of fans. Even though it was a shortened season, it was still a World Series, so, and it was still played. Can so I, can, it means everything to the Dodgers sure. and, and, and players in the organization. But that being said, I don't care if it was real or not, if fans don't believe it. If you're a player, you win one, you want to win another sure. one. Sure. You want to win another one. So, again, you know, Mookie Betts talks about it all the time. You know, he's had that mama mentality. It ain't about winning one ring here. It's about winning multiple rings here. And if you want to have an incredible legacy to be – like a Babe Ruth, to be like a Mickey Mantle. You want to have multiple World Series rings. So, yes, the 2020 World Series, yes, it was real. But these guys want to win more and more and more and have a parade here for the, for the that was the That was the thing, right? Like, that was the one that I was going to get to, uh, Jerry. It was like, is there a part of them that drives them to be able to 
play World Series games in L.A. and have a parade in front of the fans at the end of the year? Like, is that something that you hear guys talking about and saying, as much as we celebrate and cherish what we did, we'd like to be able to do that too? Yeah, of course they would love to do that. But a lot of those guys are, are gone. Yeah. Corey Seager's gone. Kiki Hernandez, Justin Turner, yeah. Kelly all those guys on that 2020 team, most of these guys are gone. So, uh, but that being said, when you're on a team, yes, you want to do it for your fans, but you want to win for yeah. your organization that year. Yeah. So again, the Orioles this year, 2023 Orioles, they want to win it. Yep. You know what I'm saying? They want to win it all because you have a team and have a chance to do so. So winning a World Series, it's so hard to do as a franchise. It is so hard. So when you have an opportunity, and if you can go out and get another guy or two to give yourself and increase your chances to win a World Series, you got to take that shot. you got to make sure you give your, your team the best opportunity to do so because you don't know when these opportunities are going to come. Uh, five years ago tomorrow, the Orioles dealt Manny Machado to Los Angeles, Jerry. And I remember we talked like after the trade. And, you know, I don't remember what you tried to tell us, if you knew anything at all about Dean Kramer at the time. But while it hasn't been without growing pains and it's not perfect and he's not, you know, an ace, Dean Kramer has turned into a really serviceable to quality major league pitcher. Did you have any idea five years ago that that could have been the path for Dean Kramer? Well, uh, you know, it's one of those things where when you ask for prospects, yeah, that what, that's what you expect. When you trade away a Manny Machado, that's what it's supposed to be. You have to get guys that at least are going to be in the big leagues and perform. Now, you hopefully it's three or four or five guys, but it's usually one or two guys. I'm really happy for him. I'm glad that he is starting to thrive there in Baltimore. That's what, that's what the trade deadline is about. When teams are ready to win now, you get star players to help that team now, but also – the teams that are in that trade, they better themselves too, not just for that year, but for years to come. So I'm glad that he's doing well with the, with the Orioles, and the Orioles were able to get pieces for Manny Machado. At the real Jay Hare on Twitter is how you follow him. And as we talked about, Hollywood Swinging, the podcast available through the Believe Network, new one today with Adam Schefter. Uh, Jerry Harrison, it's always great to catch up with you, man. Thank you for spending some time. Uh, maybe we'll be chatting again ahead of the World Series, right? Like Maybe that'll be the oh, next time we catch up. That would be awesome. And I'm really happy for Oriole fans. I'm happy for that organization. It is really good to see that team winning. And I know, man, coming up in that Orioles yeah. organization, Camp Yards was the place to be. It was rocking every game. And I'm so glad that it's coming back and, and fans have a team that they really can get behind, not just for this year, but for years to come. Yeah, it's, it's great to see. It's really exciting. Always appreciate you, brother. Thanks for hopping on this morning. Anytime. Jerry Harrison Jr., former Oriole, and um, now with Sportsnet LA, out in Los Angeles, uh, Dodgers analysts. Appreciate him taking the time for us ahead of the start of the series tonight. Um, you want to squeeze in this week in the rest of baseball right now? Think we can do it? Did we? Uh, did we get the? We got imaging ready to go. Uh, yes, we do. All right. Uh, so Grant, you can cue that when you're ready. Dude. Yeah. This is. Oh, now we're asking him to do a lot of things. Yeah. This is a lot yeah, at once. Let's see. This week in the rest of baseball. Not bad. Not bad. I like it. Well done. Are we allowed to play the? Yeah. Are we allowed to play the Twib theme the whole time? You think or? 
I would. I don't know the answer to that question. Okay. We'll, we'll find out. Okay, let's find right. out. I'll keep it right. down. And we'll so that's a surprise for me. I didn't Very know I had good. that. That's, I yeah, like that's what that. you meant. Well done, I like it. Obviously, there's been a lot of time talking Orioles this morning. Let's find out what's going on in the rest of the world of baseball. Grant, what you got for us? I was going to do some Otani talk, but you guys covered that a lot already. So was I'll there something new? Is there something? No, you guys pretty much covered what I was pretty much going to say about the Otani trade rumors. So okay, I'll come back to that in a little bit if we want, but. Uh, one thing I saw was Shane Bieber is headed to the injured list, and he's been another uh, hot name on the trade market. So at this rate, it's a forearm injury, uh, right forearm inflammation. Uh, he's shut down for two weeks from throwing, and that ends the day before the deadline. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean that it takes him completely out of the equation. But it certainly hurts his, his stock in a way. Yeah. I mean, it hurts the ability for him to be, you know, pitching brilliantly and for the Guardians to try to get as much as they possibly can uh, for Shane Bieber at the deadline. It doesn't necessarily mean that he won't be dealt. The Again, the value of Bieber is that there's still another year of team control there. So much like our conversation about Corbin Burns, exactly, Bieber's a more compelling name. It's just that he's also going to cost a more significant price i don't think a two-week shane bieber injury is going to make the difference in whether or not you're willing to make that deal i think the shane bieber concept is you know do you feel like it's worth paying a high price for someone that you think slots in at the top of your rotation shane bieber has been you know maybe not quite as good what he's been in past years this season a year ago he pitched to a 2.880 era Right, a year ago he was brilliant. This year he's been, you know, not terrible. Not good. Not he's same, been good. Three point seven seven ERA and a one point two four whip. Like those aren't bad numbers by any stretch of the imagination. He's not been overwhelming. And then you can start having the conversation like, what if you get a better defense behind him? What if he's in a place where there's a little bit more life? You know, do, do you get that Shane Bieber again? Exactly. Um, Sorry, can you turn, uh, yeah. please turn Carson back on. Yes, I was just say some more hitting too, versus you know their team well, was in, their team was in a big slump for some yeah, time. Yeah, I hear, but that's to me more of a mental like that. That doesn't affect whether it's somebody's hitting you or not. Like, oh, that's just, but it's it, a mental thing. It's it like, hey man, yes. I got a four run lead. Right, it's your yeah. mental like. It, does being in a place where you feel more confident about the guys behind you lead you to mentally delivering better? Because you're not if you're thinking, dude, if I give up two runs, like no, it you. might not be enough. I hear you. Um. Look, Shane Bieber is compelling to me in the way that Corbin Burns is compelling to me. They're if, very similar. If these guys that I say I'm not putting on the untouchable list, but I'm only trading if I'm get like that's this. I'm only trading a Jordan Westberg, a Kobe Mayo, a Heston Kerstad if the price, if the prize is a top of the rotation type of pitcher with who's not a rental. Right. Correct. And Shane Bieber is on that list. Yes. Now, there wasn't a consensus that Cleveland would definitely deal Shane Bieber, but, you know. He was a name that was thrown out there for a little and bit. And it's hard to view Cleveland as a team that's likely to be competing for a championship next year, right? Like, you, you just don't see that organization committing the way that it would be necessary in order to do that. Could they compete in the AL Central? Of course, because everyone can compete in the AL Central. Yeah, they're 45 and 48. They're only two and a half games behind Case in point. Correct. Meanwhile, everybody in the AL East is at least five games over 500 because baseball. Um, but, you know, I, I'm – this isn't going to scare me off of in, – unless it's more significant than – like, you'd have – you know, you got to do your due diligence. 
But this wouldn't scare me off of paying that price. Like, that, if I'm paying a real player, it's to get a Shane Bieber, a Corbin Burns type, a someone who I'm getting that's a top-of-the-rotation pitcher and can pitch for at least another season um, of control. So I'm, I'm still inclined to have the Shane Bieber conversation. Yeah. Next. Uh, the Chicago Cubs, 43 and 49. I thought they were hot early on in the season, and now they've kind of fallen back to a position where what are they going to do? They want to sell some of their veterans. Teams have asked about Marcus Stroman and Cody Bellinger. Astros are in on Bellinger, and they're also not in Stroman, but the Blue Jays have asked about a, a reunion with Stroman. This is his free agent year, Stroman. Well, he's got an opt-out. Yeah, and he said he's not encouraged that there's going to be a contract extension with Chicago before the deadline or before the end of the season. He said he's got all the respect for the city. He loves it there. But uh, what are your thoughts on Stroman, some of these guys that the Cubs have that they could maybe let go at this rate? Because it doesn't look like they're going to – I mean, they could, but it doesn't look like it's going to get to where they were early in the year fighting for a wild card spot. And Stroman could be a valuable starting piece for another team. Um, I'm not I'm not interested in rentals. I made that clear. It, you know, I again, in the world in which – you're going to do it. If you're going to do a rental, Stroman, Giolito, Eduardo Rodriguez are probably the top of the list for rental pitchers. Um, we can have a Max Scherzer conversation, I guess. I just don't see that being plausible. But those are the guys that I'd be most compelled by would be Giolito, Stroman, and Eduardo Rodriguez. If you have to pay Connor Norby... I'm not saying no. I, again, I just feel like you should be able to use Connor Norby to do better. Use package Connor Norby and somebody else and somebody else in order to get you, you know, someone with some control. But I, I get it. Those guys aren't readily available. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm very torn. I continue to be a, a rental bullpen arm to me makes more sense than a rental starter start. because the price is going to be lesser for a rental bullpen piece than a rental starter. So look how Andrew Miller turned out what, eight years ago. Yeah, it's a shame they didn't keep him around. That would have been or anybody that offseason would have been really nice to keep anyone at all around moving forward. Steve yeah. Pierce. Sure, yes. even Steve Pierce would have been nice to keep around. I, I would have maybe preferred Nelson Cruz, Nick Markakis, Andrew Miller. All three guys. I remember just doing like the first show we ever did that was Glenn Clark Radio. It was oh, how was... do we how do we rank those three guys? That was the topic for that day, in 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 measure of importance for keeping around. How do we rank those three guys? And ultimately, we kept none of them. Zero. Yep. Oh, for three on that list. <sighs> it's a shame. All right. We have anything else? Uh, one last thing, we got uh, some milestones, a milestone that happened on Saturday and one that, that could be coming up soon. You were just talking about Lucas Giolito. Uh, he is 10 strikeouts away from 1,000 on his career. Hmm. And then you got a milestone that happened on Saturday, game one of the Padres-Phillies doubleheader. Yeah, Machado. Our old friend Manny with number 300. Yep. Career home run number 300 for Manny Machado so over the weekend. What the Phillies beat the Padres three times in 36 hours, I believe. Was yeah, it's 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 all falling apart. I mean, yeah. this goes back to the conversation. Like, when, when people were talking about the Padres being buyers, I was like, what in what world? Well, because why not? They've well, because we just associate the bought. Padres with buying. But Oh, they bought. I mean, I, what are they now, nine games out of a playoff spot? Like, it's – it's, 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 Yeah, it's not good. What, oh, do you know what you have it in front um, of you? Yeah. Wild card, they are eight games eight back. Games of back. Eight, eight games back. Eight games back of a wild card spot. And I get it. Like, there's enough that you can just keep saying, like, yeah, you never know. They could get hot. 
Dude, they're eight games back. They're tied with the Cubs that we just talked about being for well, sure I mean, sellers. The, I hear you. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know how they don't trade their pending free agents. Like, that's it. That's all I would be trading. I'm not going. I'm not going the Juan Soto route. I know that was speculated by some people. I'm. I mean, there's too much there for me to not try to run it back next year. But your pending free agents, I'd absolutely trade them if I were the Padres, including Josh Hader, which is incredibly mm. compelling for us. All right, this one, we'll talk about it afterwards. Not quite as good this time. Not as much hard information. We'll talk about that, but um, I still appreciate it. Uh, That was this weekend, the rest of baseball with uh, Grant DeVivo. All right, when we come back in, Jeremy Kahn joins us as we will chat about not only the Orioles and who's untouchable and all of that sort of stuff, but uh, also about why the sun is trying to murder me. And I'm not happy about that, and I feel like Jeremy can help me get to the bottom of it. So we'll do that next. It is... A Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Catch that festival feeling in Charm City. Everywhere. Exciting entertainment, delicious eats, and endless summertime fun. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards. Pick crabs by the waterfront. Beat the heat inside a world-class museum. And make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. I'm Michael Jan Grandy, president of A.J. Michaels, your carrier energy expert for 44 years. Save money, energy, and make your home more comfortable and virus-free. Find us at AJMichaels.com. That's AJMichaels.com. Your summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. With an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore, your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Coho Korean Barbecue House coming in July or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited time packages starting at $229. What are you waiting for? Book now. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call one gambler. All electronic tolling is here to stay in Maryland, and driveeasymd.com helps you cruise a little easier. We're Maryland's tolling resource. Home to Easy Pass, pay by plate, and video tolling. It's never been easier to pay your way. Driveeasymd.com will keep you moving. The Orioles are off and running out to prove that last season wasn't a fluke and they are one of the best teams in baseball. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, host of the Bat Around for Press Box. Tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon as Zach Goodman and I break down every Adley bomb, every Tony Tater, and every save from the mountain. Like a warm hug from Rutschman, the Bat Around has you covered with all things Orioles as we embark on what's sure to be a magical summer in Birdland. So tune in every Saturday for the best in Orioles coverage right here on the Bat Around. Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. Weekend starts on the 21st with our Bowie Pit Beef Night. Come on out and grab a bite. Back-to-back fireworks carry on to Saturday with the Island Luau, a free Bay Sox Hawaiian shirt to the first 750 fans. And it closes on Sunday with Heroes Day. Bay Sox jerseys auctioned off to support local charities. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox, let us be your nine-inning vacation. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. 
Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge. 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches. And top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? Coming up later on today, so Luke Jackson is out this week, and Stan the Fan and Ross Grimsley wanted to fill in for their Monday baseball show, and all they could do is manage some scrub named Devaro, Devaro, Da Vinci, something like that. I'm not sure who this guy is. Uh, Mike Devaro. Devaro? Yeah, you, wait, wait. Yeah, Mike Devaro is going to join. Yeah, you got it right. Devo. Devo is what they call him. Devo, not oh, Devo. That's Devo. not the same. Devo. Devo. No, Devo. That's what they call him. Uh, Mike Devereaux will join uh, Ross and Stan today for their Monday baseball show. 4 o'clock, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Of course, YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. If you missed it, now to preview today's show, we do have the man himself. Ross Grimsley is with us here on GCR. Ross, good morning. How you doing, bud? Uh, cool, man. I'm doing all right. Uh, yeah. uh, Devo, isn't that? Didn't he used to whip it into place? Yes, he did. Uh, Whipped it good. Speed too, it up right? and That's... slow it down, and all the other things he used to do. He was cool, man. I feel like you've done a bit of that in your life, Ross, haven't you? Oh yeah, they used to call me Scuzz. I used to do some dirty things, but uh, anyway, I'd whip it into place and shape it up. It didn't matter anything. I'd get in it. It didn't matter. What's up, Jeremy? How I don't even know what that means. I'd get in it. <laughs> yeah, you get in it, right? What is it? Just say anything at that point. <laughs> that just sounds so creepy. Right. Sorry. Um, <laughs> did you like? Okay, what was the genesis of your Ross Grimsley? Was it like the first time you heard him talk? You said, "Oh, I can do this," or? Um, I think it took, for the first time I met Ross, I thought he was angry with me because I was, we were at Bowie Bay Sox. It was Scott Garceau and myself, and he was telling me about Scuzz because I didn't know, like, his nickname, and the, he's like, oh, my God, you're going to love this guy. He used to bring around a witch doctor and all this right. other. Like, he was telling me all these crazy stories. And then when I met Ross, I, like, one of the best guys you'd ever want to meet, oh, but I thought awesome. he was weirded out by me initially because my first question to him was, you got to tell me why they call you Scuzz. And he kind of like he was a little bashful at that point in time, but then warmed up. But the more we got to know each other, like I love the guy. I think oh, he's, he's great. The best. He is the absolute best. There's no doubt about that. All right, uh, good to chat with you. Thank you for not big timing us this week. We appreciate uh, it. Well, that, like, yeah. So was it last week? I had the 
last week was a holiday, right? It was a no, you had, you, had, you, had, you had a meeting or something last week, I think, is what it was. Oh, yeah, I had a yeah. huge meeting, and then I called yeah. you back and almost told everybody. Yes, you almost <laughs> just blew it, right? As I was holding the microphone, <laughs> or holding the phone into the microphone, so you'd be like, hey, I yeah, know all of this. I know where the bodies are. I'm <laughs> like, Jeremy, not right now. Tell me later. I appreciate yeah, it. You were trying to interrupt me, and I was like, no, 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 yeah, let me tell right? you. Dude, it's important. I'm trying, I'm trying to explain why I couldn't be on with you. I'm like, no, don't tell me. <laughs> Um, all right. I don't Bef- well. Before we get to baseball, are you okay? So I went to the beach for one day this weekend, and I don't think I can ever go again. And you know me; I've, we've talked before. I'm not a beach guy to begin with. There's something going on with the sun. It's on steroids. I don't know if you've noticed it this summer, but I put on sunscreen twice on Saturday, twice, and I am still going through hell. I mean, pure hell. I got a haircut last week. I didn't even, like, shave it, and I'm telling you, the top of my head is still burnt. When I was trying to do crunches this morning and I was touching my head in order to do them, it felt like death. There is something going on with the sun. (laughs) Mr. Burns was right. We need to get rid of it. It is a gashing nuisance to us. And, I, I like, when everybody kind of said that uh, there was, like, damage to the ozone layer and we were like, okay, whatever, chief. I'm telling you that we can't go outside anymore. It's over. The sun is trying it, to murder us. It's been really hot. It's never been my friend, and I know like a lot of people love the, um, you know, hey, you got to go outside. I like when it's hot. Like Rob even said on today's show, like he loves to go for walks when it's really hot. And I'm oh. like, that just sounds ridiculous to me. Like I don't want any parts of that. I don't want anything to do with it. Like I'm just not a fan of the sun. And you and I do the same thing with the beach, um, where it's. I could take it or leave it. I mean, it doesn't matter to me in the long run. The only thing I care about is, like, some of the fun stuff we get to do. If the kids like it, I'll find fun anywhere we can go. But I don't need sand to be happy, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, it has been unbelievably hot. And as I've become the weather guy when it comes to, like, baseball betting, um, like I said on, what was it, on Sunday, I think I was going, was I on somebody's show? Or maybe it was Saturday I was on a show. Yeah, that's what it was. Saturday, I went on a show at like six o'clock and I said, it's weird. Like the weather supports overs in every single game. And it's like, I don't normally see that, but it was hot everywhere. <laughs> like, and the ball's it was just hot carry. around the country. Yeah. Yeah. I get that, dude. I, it, I can deal with like the sweat part. I don't like sweating, but like when everybody's sweating, I dude. the first week I moved to Arizona and I had to deal with like swamp ass for the first time, like mm-hmm. really, I remember being very self-conscious about it until one of my female coworkers, I brought it up in conversation. She was like, we all have swamp ass. Like every single one of us. Like you stop being. Yeah, but mine's a little different though. Right. Yeah. I don't (laughs) disagree with that. (laughs) It's weird. Yes. But you don't, we call you swamp ass. Yeah. I mean, I I constantly ask who put applesauce in my pants because that's what it feels like. Nobody God. ever says they. Nobody ever owns up to <laughs> it. Weird. Apparently, I'm the one that it's did it. It's weird. I've actually yeah. been doing it for years. I've been doing it for 14 years. <laughs> I've been putting applesauce in your pants. I can live Ugh. with it. It's just the murderous son. Like I'm telling you, that thing, it has got a knife to my throat at all times, and it's so, it is worse. I am convinced of it. I have not been able to find any science that backs it up, other than the deterioration of the ozone layer. Like I am telling you, the sun is worse than it was seven, eight years ago. That it's thing, angry. Yes, it's angry AF. It's trying to kill us. Well, and I, I've told my wife for years that the sun is not my friend. Um, you know, I get sunburned yeah. so easily, but right. it's just not it's just not made for me. And and like 
people laughing when I say I like cold weather. I do. I like having. I like seasonal. Yeah. I like just enough I, of the sun to I'll where it can I'll go away that. for a while. I brought that up. Yeah. Uh, my wife's cousin. I brought that up with her this weekend. I was like, "This is hell," and she said, "Oh, what? Would you rather it be cold?" And I was like, "I mean, I can just put on a coat. Like, it's not. It's not that bad. I don't. I can live. I don't want it to be cold necessarily, but like." I, I could live with it. I don't understand why these are our only options. Why can't we just have... It was so nice in June when it was, like, unseasonably cool. And I was like, this is yeah. great. Everybody said, well, you wouldn't feel that way if you were at the beach. And I was like, yeah, I would. It would mean my wife wouldn't want to spend the entire day at the beach. And we just get to the part where we go do fun stuff. A thousand percent I'd be on board with it. Let's just go play more putt-putt. All in. Let's go do something. For God's sakes, just laying around on the beach doing nothing. Also... I'm going to have to call out my I, – I don't know if your kids did this bit when you they were younger, Jeremy, um, but my 8-year-old is doing the bit regularly where when we go to the beach, he gets in the water, I adjust the temperature of the water, we're in the water for a little while, and then he's like, all right, I'm done. And we get out, and then five minutes later he's bored because, again, who isn't bored? There's nothing to do when you get out of the water. You just go back. And then he says <laughs> – Let's get back in the water. And I say, you a-hole, we just got out of the water. Now I got to readjust my body temperature to being in the water. I, I hate you, you, you son of – who is your father? I want to kick that guy's ass. Like, that's the way that I feel. I've got to lay down the law. You're in the water, and then the moment you're out, I'm done. We're not going back in. We gotta, I, I got to establish that moving forward. Well, wait until you get to where, like, my one son, Dalton, my younger son, uh, he'll go to the beach – he will wear a hoodie to the beach in 100-degree weather. And then he even has, I don't know who it was that he watches on, like, YouTube playing video games or whatever, but apparently there's just a hoodie. Like, it's not even a, a the, the hooded sweatshirt. It's just the hoodie, and he wears that in the water. What so, in the I don't understand it. I don't get it, that? but that's what he does. Do you, have you talked yeah. to him about it? I was like, where the hell did you get that from? He goes, I ordered it online. I was like, well, why do you have it? He goes, I like it. But why well, do you have it in the water? That's where he wears it. So that's the only time he wears it. Because he got to take his shirt off and everything else to get in the water. And it's not like, like, I think he's a handsome young man. Maybe he's a little self-conscious, but I don't know. You know, he, Bro, just, he always wears, I mean, if he's related to me, he's got to be handsome. Well, obviously. I, but, okay, look, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not trying to cast aspersions because, you know, my sons are menaces. But, like, do you... That's weird. Yeah, right. Do you ever feel like it's a reflection on you like when you see your son grown wearing a hoodie in the water do you say to yourself did i f this kid up like did i did i do something to get us here so we went through this whole thing with with him specifically and i don't even know if he he knows about this we had so like he lives with his mom or stays with his mom most of the time he's 20 years old now he saves his money. He goes to work every day. He doesn't call out. He works at a paintball place um, in Severn. And so it's like, it's literally like seven minutes away from my house, but he still lives with his mom and Dundalk. And then he, he just marches to the beat of his own drum. So it's so different. At first, my feelings were hurt. Like he doesn't call. He doesn't text often. Like, like my other son, I talk to him like four times a day. I, he won't leave me alone. And the other one, I can't, I couldn't even pay him to talk to me. You know, it's, it's kind of weird. I do appreciate the fact that he's, uh, the black sheep of our family, okay. for lack of a better term, okay. you know, because I was that for yeah, my right, immediate right. family. I get that, but 
it just kind of hits you different. Cause like the one thing I, I try to get to, I said, I'd like to hear from you a little bit more. Right, like you didn't nice. just randomly text me like, Hey, what's going on, dad? Right. Be nice. No? Just check so, in, see how we're doing. Anything yeah. like that. Yeah. That's rough. That's rough. Hey, depression. Depression's great. What a way to turn. You talk let's, about it? Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's come back to, we'll do anything but go to therapy. That's who we are as men. <laughs> that's what it is. All right. Uh, let's, uh, let's move on quickly and never discuss it again. Instead, we'll talk baseball. Um, who's on your untouchable list? That's the, that's the bit everybody's doing. Who's untouchable to you? Uh, on this, like specifically in the organization, yeah, I, I, I think I, I would have four. F- four total. Yep. Okay. They are. Uh, Jackson holiday. Yeah. I don't want to trade Grayson Rodriguez. Uh-huh. And the two guys that are here now, Gunnar Henderson and Adley Rushman, those okay. are untouchable. Okay. Everybody else can be had. Okay, so here's where was because those guys are definitely on my untouchable list, right? I have added all of the helpful pitchers that are currently on the major league roster because while the theory of untouchable is like that they're so good that you can't deal them, to me it's more you can't just swap out one pitcher for another right now. Like you don't. Yeah, that doesn't make sense, but I like I still. Like, if you were trading a pitcher and getting two starters back, I'd have a hard time arguing. You know what I mean? I, like, I understand what um, you're saying. I'm trying to do, like, for me, untouchable is within the realm of could reasonably done be done, right? Like, and I don't think there's any reasonable trade that you could make that would involve Kyle Bradish that would improve you to your chances of winning the World Series this year. I just don't well, think it's Well, let possible. me ask you this. If the Angels ask for Bradish or Wells to be included in a trade and you're getting Otani yep, and no. you're not giving up one of the other four guys I mentioned, nope. are they? would you trade them? Nope, not a chance because I'm not doing a rental. I'm just not do, I'm not paying that price. For, I get it. Right, I love Otani. Let me, let, me, let me find a good one here then. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a team. Yeah. Um, yeah, if the if so, say it was so. We were just talking about both Burns and Bieber, right? Who are not rentals. Okay. They both have another year of control. And you would say Burns because I think Bieber's just okay. All right, fine. We'll go with Burns. I'm fine with. It. I would prefer Burns to Bieber, but I like I like Bieber, and I like I get he's not been great this year, but I would still be like interested. There'd still be a price that I'd be willing to pay for Shane Bieber. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's say Burns, right? You say, well, if it was Bradish for Burns. I get it. You're getting a better, although Bradish has been unbelievable, right? Like I, we really got to yeah. start talking about how good Kyle Bradish has been of late. It's insane how he's good he's been. He's had a sub two ERA over it's, his last. I think it's ten starts. It's bonkers. So maybe it's the wrong yeah. way to have this conversation. Maybe you bring up Wells, um, and say Wells instead. You're still you're you're getting better, but you're still not actually addressing the problem, which is that you don't See, have guess- enough. To get through. I guess my problem with it would be is like I could imagine somebody calling me for a trade that includes Wells or Bradish, even though I don't want to move either one of those guys. So let me just state that. Right. That I could see me trading. Like I don't see that with Grayson because I think oh, with no, Grayson there's, Rodriguez right, there's no at way. a minimum we have Dylan Cease. You right. know, I think that's what his um I don't want to even say ceiling because Dylan Cease is really freaking good and has been a, a front runner for the Cy Young Award preseason the past two years. Right. Um but yeah, so like I, I don't want to move that, but like I, I think Tyler Wells and Bradish are really, really good and I'm excited they're on the team. But if someone called me for a trade, like if someone if Paul Goldschmidt was in a trade with Jack Flaherty or whatever, or Paul Goldschmidt and Jordan Montgomery and we're moving Bradish to them, I, I think we're making out in that deal where Goldschmidt has an extra year and a half. And I could see myself saying, Okay, I would do that. Although any trade that comes to the Orioles, I don't know that anybody's asking for the starting pitching they have 
Yeah, I don't, now. right. What, how you does know, it like make I just, sense? That, that's well, how I envision that. I don't know. That Cardinals one would be the one that you could do that makes sense. What I would say is to me, those guys aren't untouchable in the offseason. Like, I could mm-hmm. improve my team using Fair those enough. guys in the offseason. Yeah. I would say right now, I, I'm still going to have the same problem that I had to begin with. While, yes, I think I'm a little bit better with the pitcher that I acquired, I still don't think I have enough pitching at that point. Like, I need all of the pitching this team currently has plus more in order to try to turn myself into a World Series contender of some sort. So swapping it out and just improving slightly, I still end up with the same problem, which is do I have enough high-level innings from this group to ultimately win the World Series? So to me, all of the helpful Major League pitching is is untouchable, again, until the offseason. And then I would also add in Mullins and Santander. Like Some people would say Hayes. I was talking about that with Rita yesterday. I, I can't replace Mullins' range. I, I can't th- I can't do that. And that's too important to me to be considering a deal with Mullins. Santander like is the only legitimate power bat that you have currently. And I don't think Kerstad's in the conversation until really next year. I I can't trade from this year's team. For now, I can't trade those two guys either. I get what you're saying. Um, at first, I thought you were being a little too much of a homer, if I'm being honest. But, like, I, I totally get everything you're saying. I guess my thought process would be that if they're trading someone that teams aren't asking for those guys, they're asking for this loaded farm system right, and more right. established and, guys. That's and, what I expect. And, by the way, what, I get what, you're saying. what we're ultimately saying is I don't feel all that different about. Like, I'm not, I don't want to trade Kerstad. I don't want to trade Westberg. I don't want to trade Kowser. I don't want to trade Mayo. But none of those guys are untouchable to me. Like, there is, yeah. if, if, if we brought up this FanDuel graphic that came out last week where they had a, uh, a hypothetical Corbin, Corbin Burns deal that on the flip side was Westberg and D.L. Hall and I don't even remember who the other names were at this point, uh, Max Wagner. Um, and everybody said, well, you know, we do that, but you got to swap out Norby for Westberg. And I'm like, like, the Brewers aren't trading Corbin Burns for what you want to give them. That's not the way yeah. this works. The Brewers are trading Corbin Burns if you're willing to pay a premium. I don't want to trade away Jordan Westberg. I like everything about Jordan Westberg. But if that's the cost, if ultimately the Brewers say, we'll do Corbin Burns, but you're going to have to give us Jordan Westberg, I got to consider that. I, I have to think about the possibility of it because you're getting a legitimate top-of-the-rotation pitcher with another year of team control beyond that. And I think I've got a lot of other pieces that maybe I could survive losing Jordan Westberg, even if I don't want to give him up. Yeah. And, and the other thing I would say, Glenn, like with that is it all matters too. When, when, um, when what you're offering or what you're wanting, when it becomes available, what does the rest of the mix look like? Meaning when the Orioles traded Manny Machado, the Dodgers had a loaded farm system right. that included guys like Gavin Lux, Will Smith, um, forgive me for uh, Gratterall, the, he's yeah. the, the hard thrower. Yeah. He throws like over 100 miles an hour out of the bullpen. That was another live arm they had in their farm system. Um, some of the other guys we've seen come up this year, like Vargas and a handful other players, I think were there. And then you also ultimately had the guys that they traded off, Alex Verdugo, who went in the best deal. Uh, the Orioles weren't in on that. And then you had the prospects, including um, who's the goober that we got that didn't pan out. Use the uh, LDS. I can't think of Use the I knew we get with a lot, yeah, right. but like he didn't pan out. And then Dean Kramer and Dean Kramer Sam, has Sam ten wins. Swim, so. Swappy, Swippy, Swamp Samsonite. Sam, I, I, I knew it started with an S, though. 
but but I guess the point is like so if the Orioles are in on Cor- Corbin Burns, you'd have to factor in with the expanded playoffs. There's a lot of teams that are on them. Whereas when it came to Machado, there weren't many teams that could offer what you were looking for. Right. You know, like at, at the time. And now with Otani, like if we looked at him, I think everybody would be in on him. But two teams have to offer what what it would take to get him. And then on the flip side, with the the Orioles, if they're looking for starting pitching, you'd have to think. And all these other teams are going to be on it too. Like it was so funny. The rumor came out today with the Yankees and what they're looking for. They're literally looking for everything. So if you play defense or offense, if you pitch or you catch, if you hit or you field, that's what they're looking for. So I just think a lot of people are, are going to be in on some of these guys, uh, the frontline starting pitchers that we're talking about. I, I completely agree. I completely and totally agree. I, and I guess the whole point of that, Glenn, was you got to give up something. That's to what get I'm saying. You can't so ju- you can't yeah. just take what you are. Con- I understand why everybody's comfortable with trading away Connor Norby. And let me make it abundantly clear. I'm not even saying I just want to give away Connor Norby. But we all see the same thing. He's major league ready now. There's nowhere for him to play. Like that's that's the reason why we've all made peace with Connor Norby being the guy that gets dealt. Fine. But that doesn't mean that's what somebody else wants. Like you can't just yeah. mean make that make the Brewers fall in love with Connor Norby. If they do, God bless, right? Like, it would be wonderful if the Brewers said, that's the guy we want. Okay, look at how this worked out for everybody involved. But you're going <laughs> to yeah. have to make peace with the fact that it might not be the guy, if you want to get a real prize, you can probably use Connor Norby to pry away a rental pitcher, right? You can probably get Lucas Giolito, Eduardo Rodriguez, someone like that for a Connor Norby price. Now, in, in reality, that's a fairly heavy price to give up for a rental piece, right? Like, Connor Norby, while we don't see room for him, his actual value is pretty high. That's a, yeah. a high price to pay for a rental piece, but you can do it. For someone with control, I don't think that Connor Norby is going to be the centerpiece of a deal. Yeah, and it's okay to say, I don't want to trade this guy, I don't want to trade this guy. There's a big difference to me between being uh, like non-negotiable or I don't want to trade him, because my whole thing is, like, if somebody called, you can think of the best player in baseball, Ronald Acuna, if they called right now, well, I, that's a terrible example because then nobody becomes a right, touch. Right. But, you know, a good right. player that could get moved. Uh, like, uh, for example, Juan Soto of the Nats. Sure, or of the sure, Padres now. sure. Like, they're saying that he might get moved if they fall out. The Yankees would be interested. I'm trading a Gunnar Henderson or uh, Grayson Rodriguez or any of these guys to go out and get a player like that that's already established with a huge contract. It's just not going to happen. And... I don't know that you could give me any offer where I would say yes to Gunner and Adley, and those are probably my top two guys just because of what we've seen from them thus far, and now we, we know they can change the game. But ultimately, there's a lot of guys I don't want to trade. But if you overwhelm me with something, yeah, like if, if somebody called and they overwhelmed me with something and Cedric Mullins had to be in that deal, I mean, I'm saying goodbye. Like, And that sucks because yeah. I don't want to trade Cedric Mullins. You yeah. know? I, I, look, I don't want to trade Cedric Mullins. I, it, this to me comes back to I have, I'm practically looking at what's going to be available, and I, I, his, the skill set is just the thing that I keep coming back to. The value, the, the value side of it that you're talking about, I don't disagree. But the skill set, like, I go get, even let's just say Juan Soto, fine. At some point, I'm going to be there. I'm going to run into a problem with the range of whoever is playing in center field. I'm creating yeah. a problem while acquiring another player because I can't, you until know, Enrique Bradfield is ready, I don't have someone that can cover the ground in center field that Cedric Mullins can cover. I mean, Austin Hayes would still be good there, but I like him where he's at, you know? Right. right. Um, I, I don't know. It's just, it's weird to sit here and talk about some of this. It, it feels funny even being in this situation again, you know, because we were in it not that long ago. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, we're rebuilding after a couple of winning years. And 
now it really feels like we're set for the future. And the funniest thing is when I talk to people nationally, like everybody's bringing up the Orioles, like, oh, I'm betting on them. They're my darling this year. It's like, well, I mean, a little past the darling now. They might be the best team in the American League when all's said and done. So I can't even believe I just said that, but it might be factual. And I think the Dodgers are a great litmus test this week to just kind of look at and see, even though, you know, that's a team that's perennially uh, in the National League up top and one that everyone's graded against, but they played the Braves earlier and played them well, you know, and you get the Rays this weekend, you get the Yankees, you can put them to bed next week if you want. So, you know, it's just like, I I just feel like this is such a fun year and then we're going to get caught up in these trades wondering what's going to happen and what if they don't make these like blockbuster moves, but they've done right. this before and it's worked out. So it's almost like, and I hate saying this because it's such a cop out. I just trust this front office and whatever they do. I, look, I'm, me personally, yeah. I've been saying it for a while. I think Goldschmidt is the one guy that could really help change this offense. It's different, yeah. Uh, if the Cardinals were yeah. willing to trade him, and then you have a glaring need at first base with the situation with Mountcastle and O'Hearn's nice, but like again, Goldschmidt's an everyday player. You could situationally use O'Hearn if you needed to. Um, yeah, I, I, that's the one guy I think could really change things as far as an offensive standpoint. Let me let me pose it this way before I let you go. If you had to bet okay. right now that they acquire, we did this on our last Friday show. There's four there's four potential answers that you can give to this question. You had to bet, and you love betting. They acquire yeah. an impact starter, at least one impact starter, or at least one impact reliever, or an impact starter and an impact reliever, or neither. Which one of those four things would you be betting? It depends what you define impact, because I think they trade for a guy like Jordan Montgomery or Marcus Stroman, and I Stroman's mean, I, kind of fading I right now. I think those guys will qualify. Could, okay, so then I think both, because they're definitely going to get somebody in the bullpen to help bolster that, because the one easy thing to consider is, like, it makes so much sense for them to back up the back end of the bullpen when you have a bunch of young starters that are typically going, you know, five or six innings, even though we've seen Wells go a little deeper into games and Braddish. But if you shorten the game and you're like, hey, you're my seventh, you're my eighth, you're my ninth inning guy, you feel great about the situation knowing that you already have two guys at the back end that were all-stars. You had another one. But I think they had both, personally. I, I am still not confident they'll pay the price for the starter. I, like, I think I'm confident about the bullpen. I'm not, well, that's why I think a guy like Montgomery makes sense. Yeah, he's, because he's, I don't think he's just not the, pr- the price it. isn't. Yeah, I understand that, and that, yeah. that would make sense. That would make sense. All right, what's, uh, what's, uh, what's going on in your world this week? So I go to Nashville on Thursday. Pretty excited oh, about that. Oh, that's right. You're going to, um, oh, God, we could have had the entire Ed Sheeran conversation today, but we'll have to save it yeah. for another time. Well, we could even talk about the bear, which I don't know if oh, you finished it. But oh, like, God. Everyone's talking about what a beautiful season, too, that was. It was God, it was so good. Can you, can I ask yeah. you for a favor? So um, I don't, I don't know if you feel as strongly as I do about the Counting Crows. I, well, hell, I know you do. You use the, the Counting Crows long as your, your, yeah, your, I like them your show up. a lot. So in yeah. I think the second episode of this season, there was a Counting Crows song that I had never heard before, which is impossible. I think I for me. It. Dude, immediately, as soon as I heard it, I'm like, what is this song? And I'm freaking out about it. And I find out it's some B side that they only ever released in Europe. It's a song called Baby wow. I'm a Big Star Now. And the impact of this show was so significant that like the Counting Crows a week later came out and found out a new way to re-release it because we were all going to YouTube to listen to it. Like, they, it got so much attention that from this show that everybody was freaking out on YouTube and they weren't getting any of the profits from that because it was like some guy had posted it on YouTube. So then they went out and they put it back on Spotify and they made it available in America. And I was like, wow, that is wild. <laughs> 
that like just See, I love that. I have Shazam ready at all times when I, my phone's usually Dude. like in my hand unless it's late at night and I'm just Shazam and stuff left and right. So we are at the beach next week while you're down in Nashville and mm-hmm. Counting Crows and Dashboard are playing at the beach on Tuesday night. And oh. Mrs. Clark is very lukewarm about it. I went with oh her my to God, see are you serious? Right? I went with her to see Shania Twain. Shania Twain. And she is like, lukewarm about the idea of the Counting Crows and Dashboard Confessional. You, you didn't ask her to watch the Crash Test Dummies. You asked her to go watch Correct. the Counting Crows. Like, that's Correct. an enjoyable concert where they have multiple hits. And I'm sure they'll even play a couple cover songs that you like, yes. including that Joni Mitchell tune they did. Yeah, the Big Yellow so, Taxi, right. Come on. Yeah, I mean, I, she's mad about that? Like, I was upset at you for being mad about Shania Twain. I think I'm even more angrier with her. I can't believe it. She is, eh, I don't really, I'll go, but I don't really, and like, then you know, because she's going to be miserable the entire time. And, and, like, and can I say this, and I mean this with all due respect, Glenn, what an ungrateful wife with the fact that you already went to see I Shania went to Twain, Shania so I'm Twain. on your side. I went yep. to Shania Twain! And make sure you tell her I said with all due respect. Yes, with all due that, respect is important. That way right? it's not an insult. Yeah, and then I'm going to call her a whore. Wait, no, I won't do that. I won't. Whoa, well, maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> it's a term of endearment. Um, uh, so what else are you doing besides Ed Sheeran while you're down there? Uh, so we'll go to the Grand Ole Opry. There was oh, kind of nice. funny because like, I do love, and there's a, like a honky-tonk band playing. But the, the, the night that my wife was booking it, she was like, oh, I thought about skipping it. because I'm like, no, I love that stuff. And so she books it, and then we find out Ed Sheeran's doing this private thing, which we could have got tickets to at one oh, of these small venues. Oh. And it was, like, really intimate. And, like, I don't care if you like the artist or not. Yeah, like, if you go to one of those venues like that with somebody that's a good musician, they're, they're so amazing. We get a chance every once in a while at the radio station to have people come in and play for you and yeah. play a couple songs. And it's just it's super cool. It's, it's just a uh, different feeling being that close to it. Bro, I have I have told the story. Uh, I was in utter tears because I grew up. You know, the, you and I are fairly the same age. I was obsessed with Everclear as a kid, like obsessed. Oh wow! When yeah. I when I moved to Arizona, oh, like I swear to God, like a weekend when I'm still like questioning whether or not I made the right decision. Um, I get a call from my program director, like, "Hey, this PR person is going to reach out to you. They're doing a, a promotional tour for Van Wilder two. And I was like, "Oh." Okay. The rise of Taj. Yes, and um, is it terrible that I know that? Oh yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> Cal Penn was going to come in, and I was like, "All right, well, Cal Penn's coming in. That's cool. Like, I'll talk to Cal Penn. That's dope." Um, and then he said, "Oh, and they want to bring along a couple of musicians," and I was like, "All right, whatever." So Ugh, gross. They, yeah, they show up at studio that night, and it's art from Everclear. And I'm like, "What in the f is this? Like, what is going on in my life right now?" And um, he sits down and he looks at me and I'm like, dude, you have no idea. I'm obsessed. He's like, cool. I'll play five songs for you right now. It's just it's literally three of us in the studio together. Um, Chad wasn't even in that. It was me, Oscar and and art from Everclear. And he said, I'll play any song. I'll play five songs for you. And I am losing because I'm like asking him. And like after four songs, he's like, dude, are you really not going to ask me to play Santa Monica? And I was like, well, I kind of figured you'd be sick of playing that. And he was like, "I, I have a house because of that song. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what a great answer. I'm too. like, oh, okay. He's like, I don't hate that song at all. I love that song. It's it means everything to me. And I was like, all right. So he's sitting there playing Santa Monica t- two inches from me, and I am weeping, like weeping like a child, because it is the greatest thing that I could have ever asked for in my entire life. There is nothing so, that compares my to my biggest that. regret, and I'll be brief with it, and I may have told you this before, at HF Festival 
where I had a chance to smoke weed with Cypress Hill. Oh. I was hanging out with Dynamite Hack. Dude. And they were like, do you want to hang out with Cypress Hill and smoke some weed? And I'm like, oh, I don't smoke. And knowing me oh. now today, even though I still don't smoke, but like, that would have been something to tell everybody. I got high with Cypress Hill. Was that, the, was was that was. the one at Merriweather? I can't believe. No, no. This HF oh. Festival down in D.C. No, it was before that. We okay. RF- was it RFK? Or what? Yeah, that would have been an RFK. Um, yeah. So I got that opportunity. I At the one at, at Merriweather. Um, we, we, we did that and that was a great oh, moment man. in my life, man. It was, I was yeah. so excited, dude. It was so cool. I missed out. Oh. Uh, but the cool thing is I did do heroin with, uh, yeah. ah, so that was nice. Go. Yeah. It worked out well with me and Courtney Love. So. At Jeremy Con <laughs> Black car heroin. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> At Jeremy Con 105.7 on Twitter. Uh, enjoy your trip. We'll talk in a couple weeks. All right. Thanks, man. Love you, buddy. It's Jeremy Kahn, Big Bad Morning Show, 105.7 The Fan. Appreciate him taking the time, as always. So, I hear we get a bonus hack this week. Oh, we need a microphone. Yeah, there we it's go. It's okay. Yeah, I, yeah, we got a, I got one hack. today. Surprise. He's oh. a hack, man. Yeah, he's Fine. hacking life. It's Carson is a hack. Is a hack. I, I had thought about maybe taking a break first and then doing it, but that's okay. It's our hack. No worries. These things happen. Just want to go through? I mean, no, no, it's, everything's fine. Carson's Act is brought to you by the print issue of Pressbox, which is available right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms. There are the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Read it all at pressboxonline.com. Celebrating Tony Saragusa there on the cover. Carson, uh, tomorrow you're going to finally pay off last week's hacks. Yep, I'm going to eat a bowl of checks. You're going to eat. <laughs> yeah, well, it is more to the story than that. <laughs> And we're gonna check on them there, bananas that look pretty. Eh, I mean, like for the. I mean, that one doesn't that look one's so great. Up. That one's messed up. But that I think one doesn't look so great. The others look fairly good, and I just can't tell exactly what the line is between, you know, four days and the the plastic sure, that's on top of sure. them. But we'll see. We'll uh, we'll check on those things tomorrow. What did you bring in for us today? All right. So I have three things today. I've got a Yankee candle, mm. North North Pole scent. Who doesn't? <laughs> Rolled out the Christmas candle for today. I, I did. Appreciate that. I've got some matches, Ooh. and I've got a single piece of angel hair pasta. But for this, you could use like linguine, spaghetti, any that's this shape, just like the thin stick. Are you about to tell me that you you can use pasta as a match? I am about to tell you that because look at this candle, okay? And you had mentioned uh, that Mrs. Clark has a bunch of candles, she right? She is a big candle fan. All right, so you see how far First down. First of all, who doesn't love candles? Oh, though? sure. Let's be, like, I make fun of her because it's a bit over the top, but like, let's not let's be honest. I walk into that Yankee Candle shop every year to do some. Actually, that's not true. I buy them online now. But when I used to go to the Yankee Candle shop to buy her uh, candles every Christmas, I was smelling every single one of them. Sure, I, who doesn't yeah. enjoy that part of their day? So you see how this one's pretty far down. This one's been burned a lot, right? Yes. And, you know, when you've got hands, like, it can be kind of hard to fit your hand in there. And also, it can actually be pretty dangerous because when you use a match to light a candle, Mm -hmm. the flame will come back up. Yep, correct. Could burn your hand. And could burn your hand. Now, again, most people would have a butane lighter for this situation, would have a... See, you know what's interesting is that until uh, I bought that blue one to do the Uh uh, crayon, we didn't have one in my house. Do you not light candles? We use a match. That's really interesting. I, I don't understand I mean, the thought process. Cooler. Like, they're not. They are matches. No, you're pretending it's like fire. matches are cooler than a giant lighter. Yeah. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. It's so like, yeah. No, that's that, awesome. That man. part might like you. You feel like you're creating fire. I understand that, but playing with fire, 
Dude, we let my son light some uh, mini fireworks off on the 4th of July. Your son's like, like a, way he said he was, was a pyro. Just, he was just staring at that thing as he yeah. was turning. Like, nothing that compares man. to it. Nothing that compares to it. All right. So you're going to light uh, pasta to light the I'm going to light pasta to light a candle. Well, let's hope that we don't burn down the studio again. <laughs> let's right. hope that Very we're easy. If, uh, if, if, if there's no final segment of the show, we'll see you when we see you. Okay. Everyone ready? Okay. Oh, I'm you ready. start by lighting the match? You start by lighting the match. Oh, so this, is, this isn't if you're out of matches. No, well, th- th- but this is... Well, look, yeah, because you don't want to stick your hand and in. Also this is like, on, that's a very specific... Well, you don't, you don't burn a whole candle? I thought you were actually going to improve You're the, low on your favorite scent candle. You don't burn a whole candle? Imagine, I'm not, I'm what not if I'm, imagine this, I'm down here. Stop. I'm not saying it never happens. I'm just saying that a more practical help would be, hey, you're out of matches? No problem. Rub that, you know linguine pasta up against the side and you can use the pasta in order to light a candle not saying this isn't helpful it's just not as helpful as i thought it okay was. that's fair go ahead all right we're ready go now. ahead okay. Uh-oh. i can't right. even light oh, the match broke a, broke a match way to go Hold we're on. over one <laughs> great start Hold on. oh, oh god oh my goodness oh, all right you know what? god there we go. Hey! It's time for our charm. It's time for our new segment. Can yeah. Carson light a match? All right. Okay. So now the pasta's on the fire. Pasta's on fire. You dip in with that pasta. Oh, it went out. Oh, oh good. No. Hold on. Hold oh, on. good. Carson, I'm rooting for you. Literally really did this three times Carson last night perfectly. Going so well. I'm trying. S- okay. All right. All right. Ken got the match. Now the other end of the pasta. Do we have more pasta? I got a couple more. Okay. All right. Okay. So yeah, gotta blow that out because we don't want to start a fire. Okay. No. Okay. And, and yeah. Hey. How about that? Hey. That's actually really cool. Well, okay. Let's Grant eat. Yeah, Grant, <laughs> Grant's a mark Thank apparently. Thank right? Hey, <laughs> Grant's ready to subscribe to your your YouTube channel. Oh, I will. <laughs> it is a thing. I will give you that. And it if you're all the way thing. at the bottom and you really actually can't get your hand, or some of those candles they got like a thin, cir- like a small circle that you really couldn't fit your hand into, this this would work out real well for you. It is not nothing. That's um, again, it's a very specific. For whatever reason, you're regularly lighting candles, but you don't bother to have a long lighter. Like I don't know who that person hey, is. I didn't, I, we didn't have one. No. That's strange. But if you're that person, this can do it for you. I would, again, encourage you, order a long lighter from the Amazon. It's just not that hard. But this will do it for you. All right, Carson, this is a thing. You get a passing grade Sweet. for this right. one. Well, I, I guess Carson. I need to make a new sound where it's like, you know, light, Does packed. It, okay, I don't mind that. We'll, or, we'll get like, around to it right at the time where Carson's going back to school. Probably, probably. Nailed perfect. It. Yeah. Nailed it. That'll be perfect. Thank you, Carson. Tomorrow he'll uh, eat the chicks and the bananas. And the next week, catch me suntanning out there. Uh, not next week. The following that's week. That's right. I'm gone. Week. I'm gone next week. Okay, yeah. that's right. But the following week, yes, 100%. Perfect. We're going to have you sit outside. When we get, the, we get the camera fixed, and we will just turn the third camera and point it outside where Carson will be sitting in the middle of this business park, shirtless, soaking up the sun yeah. with half of his chest covered in beer and the other half not. To right. see the impact of the beer on a suntan, because that's a thing that's been going around this summer. I'm not sure all the details. I'd really like People it if you. I would also, it, Carson, if you would for that week. Sure. Because I'll be gone next week. I won't be able to talk about it. I would like you to have an like a cartoonishly large. If you have like a long lawn chair, 
Like, you know, the lawn chair. Like where a you chase can, lounge type thing? If you, no, I just mean like the one where you can put your feet up, right? Like, I would like for you to be... In a big lawn chair? Yeah, if if you have okay. one. If you I have lawn chairs. I, I don't. If you don't, all good. You'll just sit I'll in the I'll find the biggest one chair. I have. I, pr- I, I think I, I have like, like four of them. I would like for the image of you to be actually lounging, actually Needs. to be reclining. Okay. I could, I could bring a footrest too. Like that, that. that would also be fine. Okay. All right. Perfect. Two. I would like for you to put like cucumbers on your eyes. I can, or I can like, also do I'd that. Like what about that screen thing? Yeah, the sun yeah, reflector. Yeah, I would like a sun reflector if possible. And maybe a you drink with a, with a curly straw. Real, an umbrella. I would really yeah, like, like the Ferris Bueller drink when he's sitting by yes, the pool. I would really, I would like that a great deal if you would be willing yeah, to go. I can do that. I, if it's too much, no, to it's, ask, this is fine. I have all. Like I, us I to contribute I, monetarily. I think I have all these supplies at my house. Done. That's what I needed to know. That's what I needed to know. That's what and, I would like. You definitely for, meant if Glenn would like to contribute. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Griff, you're but, safe, man. Yeah, but well, I'd, I'd be willing to. I'm telling no, you No, it's okay. I, I think yes. I have all that stuff in my house. All right. Very good. Very good. We'll come back in. We'll get a tidbit and tube to wrap up for a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Hike to new heights. The best view is yours in Washington County. Our iconic scenic overlooks provide some of the most breathtaking vistas in the mid-Atlantic. Some are very easy walks, some can be driven to, and some are the payoff for a moderate to difficult hike. All are near quaint small towns that offer great dining, shopping, hiking gear, and more. Explore our five national parks for iconic vistas and wineries with breathtaking views. Visit our quaint historic towns and make your stay unforgettable. Learn more at visithagerstown.com Maryland, be open. Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an Easy Pass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easier. Pick the plan that's right for you at driveezmd.com. We'll keep you moving. It's a Maryland thing. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. Your summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. With an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore, your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Coho Korean Barbecue House coming in July or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited time packages starting at $229. What are you waiting for? Book now. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call one. 800 gambler. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get, so get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. 
location. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. All right, winding down for a Monday edition of the program. Uh, they did, by the way, I, we missed. We mi- I didn't mention it when it happened, but the Orioles did make the roster move. It is Edward, or should be Eduardo Bizardo, who is gone. So they will continue to play with fire with uh, one less pitcher. We'll see. So- celebrate the Orioles' career of... Oh, Edward Bizzardo. Man, I, I was going to be really funny. We're like, yesterday he got into the game. We're like, man, could you imagine? He works through, gets him out. They don't have to use any more of the bullpen, and his reward for that is he gets to go back to Norfolk. Well, he didn't even do that. So it got hairy. It got hairy, but they won. That's all that matters. Um, we will see if it bites them that they continue to be thin. Hopefully uh, Mullins and or Hicks is able to return tonight, and all's good. And hopefully Grayson Rodriguez gives them enough that they don't have to worry about the fact that they're down a pitcher for a little while. Hopefully that continues for forever. Hopefully they get six innings of quality starting pitching, Seven. at least six innings of quality starting pitching from every pitcher for the I'll rest take, of I'll the take season. Eight. Yeah. Look, man, they want to go the whole game. I'm listening. But, you know, they're playing with fire a little bit. We have to, have to kind of acknowledge that. Tidbit is brought to you today by... PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. PressBox is offering new sports bettors the best sign-up bonuses and promos from the seven legal on legal 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 online sports books. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers right now and get offers like $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after placing your first $10 bet or up to $1,250 in bonus bets from Caesars. Time is limited to get the best offers from all of the sports books. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers and sign up today. So yesterday the Yankees uh, lost to the Rockies. So sad. Very unfortunate. They had two separate so leads. Funny. It's yeah. so funny. Two separate leads of two runs or more in the eighth inning or later. They led 3-1 to one after the eighth inning. And then in the 11th inning, they had a 7-5 to five lead. Uh, and they ended up losing first loss in Yankees history with multiple leads of two runs or more. In I mean, the you just, you just the hate to see it. And we got this fantastic uh, oh, jinx, jinx from yep. the yes. Do you, wanna, if, do you have it ready, Grant? Mm-hmm. Treo, 120 at-bats, does not have a home run this year. There it is. Until now. Until now, indeed. Yes, yes. Until so, now, Just great to see indeed. the Yankees lower. Or, yeah. Yep. Astros had a 99%. So looking at the uh, the, the you know I, I think I guess ESPN does their percentage chance to win throughout the game. So the Astros had a 99% chance to win at one point on Saturday's game against the Angels. They of course went on to lose that game uh, to the Angels. Now and then last night the Angels had a 99% chance to win at one point in Sunday's game against the Astros. Astros came back and won that one. So okay. Two very uh, very. Big swings in the Astros Angels yeah. series. Uh, yeah, the yeah. Orioles now twenty games over five hundred. First time they are twenty games over five hundred before August since what year? Twenty games over nineteen ninety seven. That is correct. Yeah, yeah that would have made sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well done, Carson. Orioles recorded three straight extra base hits to start the first inning of yesterday's game. They went double, double home run. Gunner Adley Santander. Uh, it is the first time the O's opened a game with three extra base hits. Extra base hits. Since May 10th, 
2018. Ah, oh. obviously remember that. Who were those three? Started a game 2018. It was also a double double home run. Not Chris Davis. Not Chris Davis. Um, Adam. Uh, he was one of them. He was batting second. So he hit he hit the second double. Was Manny third? Manny was batting third. So who was it? Yeah, who the heck was lead off? Trey Mancini. It was Trey Mancini. Man, I forgot that they experimented. Yeah, very nice. Lead-off I spot. forgot all about that. The Trey Good lead-off. call. Good call. And then finally, uh. Gunner, so Gunner hit the hit two home runs. Uh, this what, what, oh, this was from this was from July sixth. This is a little bit of an old one, but Gunner did have a uh, two home runs against the Yankees. Uh, he became the youngest Oriole to hit multiple home runs in a game since Manny did it uh, as a twenty year old. It was like his second. Yeah, it was game, like one of his right? first games. Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was September. Oh, well, I guess because yeah, it yeah, was, twi- uh, in twenty twelve. Yeah, it was August. Um, yeah, it was August tenth. Yeah, I want to say it was like his second game. So he was the youngest. It was, yeah. Can you name the other three uh, youngest guys to uh, do it before? So Gunner is the fifth youngest Oriole to have multiple home runs in a game. Can you name the three between Manny and Gunner? The three. In between them? Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Um, so Gunner's the fifth youngest. Let's try. Gunner's the fifth youngest? Yeah. That's really remarkable. Now you got to really just zone in on who was up at that age. Yeah. Nick Markakis. Not Nick Markakis. Let's are... let's try Brooks Robinson just because he was uh, so yeah, young. Not Brooks. That. Not Cal? Brooks. Cal would be eighth on this list, not <sighs> top five. Hmm. Boog Pal. Boog Pal is guess. second nice. on the list. So it goes Manny Boog. Jim Gentile. No, not Jim Gentile. Is it Gentile? Gentile. 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 My bad. Um. Wow. How about Jonathan Scope? Not Jonathan Scope. I think he was ninth or tenth on the okay. list. I'm gonna go to a bold guess here with Jay Gibbons. Uh, not Jay Gibbons. I don't remember how Eddie Murray? Uh, uh yes, indeed, Eddie Murray in 1977 had two home runs at the young age of 21 and 160 days old. Wow. And then. And then this one's a bit random, yeah. Sixties, Russ Snyder, uh, not Russ Snyder. <laughs> it is random. Sixties, <laughs> yes. Dave Johnson, what do you have? Go ahead. Mark Belanger, no. Well, no. I mean, Mark Belanger. Ba- I don't know that he hit two home runs ever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like Gus Triandos. <laughs> no, no, not Gus. Um. Okay. Uh. How about Davey Johnson? Not Davey Johnson. Let's see when he hit his. How about Louis Aparicio? Not Aparicio. Who is catching during? Paul Blair. Not Paul Blair. No, Kurt Bleffery. It wasn't fast. Wow, good wow. call. Kurt You're just Bleffery. naming all the 66 yeah. Orioles, huh? Yeah. Like, just going right through them. Yeah, I was just going to go. Look at you, Carson. Good thing Carson, Look at Carson on top of yeah. the 66 <laughs> Orioles. Wow. Look at that. that was, I'm that learning was... something every day. Manny Boog, Eddie Kurt, and then Gunner. How about that? Impressive. How about that? All right, very good. Very good. Tubular is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer. Buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Again, Dodgers-Orioles tonight. Emmett Sheehan, Grayson Rodriguez. The pitching matchup, 7 o'clock on Masson. Or if you live elsewhere, great news, you can watch it on MLB Network. Um, Orioles on national TV, I think all three games, because tomorrow night's definitely on TBS. I want to say Wednesday might be on MLB Network, too. I'll double-check on that. 
Uh, locally, MLB Network have Giants Reds tonight at 7 o'clock. Twins Mariners at 940 on FS1. Mass and 2 for Nationals Cubs at 8. The Summer League Championship I only think is relevant because Cam Whitmore and the Houston Rockets are playing. He's doing really well, He's by the way. He's had a very nice Summer League. Um, Anne Arundel County's own, the pride of Spalding. Uh, who slipped a little bit in the draft. That was surprising, and these look good so far. The Rockets play the Cavaliers tonight at 9 on ESPN. And then the NASCAR race was not able to be run yesterday because of weather, so they're running it right now on the USA Network uh, from New Hampshire. And then tonight, uh, WWE Monday Night Raw at 8 on the USA Network. Some non-sports highlights. Not a whole lot. American Ninja Warrior, of course. The Bachelorette at 9 p.m. on uh, ABC. And then the unknown uh, Netflix series continues with Cave of Bones. And sure. They're, searched, they're looking into the – there's a Cave of Bones. Mm-hmm. From, like, that's like 250,000 okay. years old. Big sell. Be prepared for more Cave of Bones cave in the coming bones. months because – there ain't going to be no new television. There ain't going to be no new yeah, yeah. scripted content in any way for a very I gotta, I long time. I still got to finish quarterback. And then, uh, and be prepared to rest up for a little while. <laughs> you got what you got. There ain't going to be nothing for a bit. It's just what it is. It's almost like a pandemic all over again. It's what, what we got. Sports, at least. Yeah. We got that going for us. Yeah, nothing like a pandemic. Yeah. All right. Um... That's uh, Carson, of course, at Carson Ware. Yep, that's on right. Social Grant, you're on social. 20GDVivo on Instagram. There you go. Follow him there. Thanks today to Jerry Hairston. Thanks to Daryl Morcell. Thanks to Jeremy Kahn. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the. Oh, my God, it's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Griffin, I know you wouldn't leave without booking us a tremendous uh, group of guests for tomorrow's show. Max Wagner from Aberdeen. Ah, okay. He's calling oh. in tomorrow. As long as he's not traded for Corbin Burns. That's true. In that yes. FanDuel trade. In the trade. next 24 right. hours, yeah. as long as nothing changes yeah. <laughs> for his And stuff. All in. right. Carson's going to be here, right? Yeah, yeah Carson's here. going to be here. Sure. Uh, Zach will be in for Griffin for the rest of the week, and then I'll be out next week. So this is, uh, Griffin and I won't be together yeah. again for two weeks. And it's very do, Are we doing a jersey swap, or <laughs> how are we handling that? I don't know what the plans are for all of that. Uh, but uh, Zach Goodman from the Bat Around will hang out with us, so uh, we'll have some fun baseball conversation with him throughout the week as uh, as Griffin wanders into parts unknown. Yeah. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Visit Baltimore, Live Casino and Hotel, Glory Days Grill, Dorchester County, the Bowie Bay Sox, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, All-American Lacrosse, the Baltimore Orioles, Birdland Sports, Easy Pass MD, Washington County, your local Toyota dealer at buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass on Twitter. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Have a great Monday evening. Go Birds. Duke sucks.